you feeling today, John? How are you feeling? How's your how are your legs holding up? I feel pretty wasted. Wasted? Yeah. What's that mean? I mean, I know what it means, but I don't think it applies in this context. I have aches. Okay, so we went on a hike. Uh, body just, you know, I haven't been on a hike in a minute. So everything from the from below the waist is just fucking wrecked. Yeah, I woke up this morning. So yeah, we we took uh, it was what one point seven miles to our destination, then one point seven miles back to the car. But it was uphill. It was uphill. Well, the first part, right? I mean, couldn't it be uphill both ways. That would defy physics. But yeah, it was it was uphill on the way there, then downhill on the way. Which downhill presents its own challenges, I think, because you have to fight against your momentum. Yeah, and you got to stop on the ground harder. And then Andrew, dude, Andrew fucking stepped on so many rocks where he stubbed his toe. I stubbed right. my toe, and then I also rolled my ankle on some of the looser rocks, which kind of, like, sucked. But, uh, yeah, going from someone who, like, almost lives an entirely sedentary lifestyle to, like, let me do 3.4 miles in on uneven ground in one day is, like, a shock. Because I woke up this morning, and, like, even the parts that didn't even touch the floor are sore. Like, my thighs are sore. The, the area behind my kneecap is sore. <laughs> My shins are sore, but especially the bottom, the soles of my feet are like kind of like achy. So, um, if you're gonna do you exercise, have that huh? flat foot thing or what? I do. I yeah, I have flat feet. How does that affect? I have no arch in my like my feet. How does that affect you, like exercising? Like? Uh, it's more points of contact, so it's like more sore. I think the the arch you're supposed to have in your foot helps with like it's like the distributes like the pressure better somehow. Okay. Yeah, I have a flat. I have flat feet. I found out since I was like eleven or twelve. I have flat feet, but um, yeah, going from nothing to like let's do a hike in the middle of summer, like on gravel, is like oh, like you can't just you know it's like jumping into the water when it colds. Like you had to like ease your way into that. I think Johnny, maybe like yeah, I don't think it was that all that terrible though. Like I feel the effects, of course. Now. I you know what I did better on this this time doing the path compared to previous attempts when I've gone before mm-hmm. where like, I'm like heaving and everything. But this time I was like, I think I'm a little lighter than other times, but I wasn't that bad. I wasn't like panting where I'm like falling over my knees. Like the past where I would be like, <sighs> like crouching, like heavily breathing. Yeah. I think the worst portion for me was when we got to the, to the mine, uh, it's a slope. So that's kind of when I got into my head and, like I'm looking down and I, as it is, I don't like fucking. You get like that vertigo feeling. Yeah, you get that vertigo where you like look up and then the mountains just start like moving far away from you. Like in the cartoons and it was like, shh, yeah. like that weird perspective change mm-hmm. of the camera kind of thing. Yeah, so a, a large portion of the hike, I'm just like looking fucking down at the ground. I'm surprised there was still streams though, because like we're in the middle of summer. There's no snow left on those mountains. Uh huh. But we came across one, two, I think three streams, right? Three like little streams of water coming down the mountainside. Yeah. So that was nice. And the water's like super, super cold, which was like real it felt really nice. We like ducked into a couple of caves for like a moment. Yeah, it's cool, like turning the corner and then you start hearing like the water the, the rush trickle. down the yeah. yeah, the little trickle. Uh wish I would have seen more animal life. Andrew did see a ton of shit. He shouldn't have been eating. I saw a lot of plants that were like, oh, that looks cool. Like, oh, what is Let that? Let me eat that. Let me eat that. I didn't eat anything. Bro. I took pictures. I, I, I'll probably put them on the Twitter account if anyone's interested. I took pictures uh, uh, of like a spiky fruit thing. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I was like, I want to know what it is, but I don't want to eat it. I just want to know what it is. So I took a picture of that. There was wild raspberries also. I took a picture of that. Uh, some flowers here and there. I got some of the names for some of the flowers. Not everything, but uh, it was cool just because like, 
a year ago, I wasn't really into like plant life or whatever. Really? Not really. Not really. But like, since I've been gardening and stuff now, like, I'm like more curious. Like, oh, what's this? Like, I was looking at the, so like the spike berries are, are gooseberries, I guess. That's what people told me online. And I was like, huh, I wonder if I could grow that back home. Like if I took like a, like a sapling or something, could I grow gooseberries at home mm-hmm. maybe? But like, I'm like, next time, next time I go up there, I'm going to have like a little bag and like be like in scavenger mode. I was like, I kept like an eye out for like beehives, hoping I would find like honey or something, but there was no beehives on the main path. But, um, yeah. So eventually we got back to town and then we started just walking around for little trinkets. I just didn't want to be home. Like I told Johnny, like I had family coming over who I wasn't like too fond of seeing again. So I'm like, I'm like Johnny, let's just hit, the, let's just hit the streets or hit, hit the wilderness and then hit the streets. So we went around, we, we just walked around a lot yesterday. And as someone who doesn't walk around that much, like it was like a shock to me. I should have probably paced myself better, but it is what it is. Yeah, so Andrew's already agreed to go into on a mountain bike. I didn't agree with that. Well, I'm holding you to it. I don't care if you agree or not. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, you provide the mountain bikes then. Sometimes <laughs> okay. I like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I got them. What are you talking about? Oh, because you made like a face like, hmm. Alright then. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Deal Sense Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Rosco, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed lost cause, because he's always down for the cause, never down for the count, the unnecessary one, Johnny. What's up? I'm sore, Johnny. That's what's up. But anyways, enough about this. This is not a wilderness podcast. I have no interest in doing a wilderness podcast. Let's get to our stories for this past week. Uh, let's start with the first one with IGN, written by Amelia Zoner. That's a cool name, Zoner. I like that. It says Ubisoft's unannounced delayed game is reportedly Assassin's Creed Rift. So they have a game that's already delayed that hasn't even been announced yet, Johnny, but it's already been delayed. Wait, what is this? This is an Assassin's Creed game. Oh, game. that's right. Sorry, go ahead. Yesterday, Ubisoft announced that it delayed a smaller, unannounced premium game. Though the title of the game was unknown, now a source has revealed that this game was Rift, the codename for an upcoming Assassin's Creed title. According to a report by Bloomberg, Assassin's Creed Rift was delayed from February to May or June because development was running behind schedule. Rift was originally planned as an expansion for the 2020 title Assassin's Creed Valhalla, though the project became a standalone game in late 2021. To add to the company's thin release schedule, while not much is known about the game, it reportedly it's reportedly set in the Middle East and features a smaller scope with a focus on stealth gameplay. As pointed out by Bloomberg, the delay of Rift leaves Ubisoft with an especially thin fiscal year. This isn't the only major change to Ubisoft's release schedule that occurred this week. Yesterday, the company revealed that it fully stopped development on four titles, including Ghost Recon Frontline. It also announced that it is delaying Avatar Frontiers of Pandora to at least 2023, adding yet another Ubisoft title to the massive list of games delayed this year, many of which have been delayed due to the pandemic and political conflicts. Of course, the political conflicts they're referring to is the war with the Ukraine and Russia and stuff. And so, Johnny, it's like 2023 is going to be like a dam. It's like a damn bursting full of games. It's like you keep like holding back, holding back. It's like um, I'm thinking of video games where like you're like stocking up on like items or like weapons or something. Mm-hmm. 
And then, like, when you're finally ready, you just, like, unleash the horde. That's, like, what 2023 is going to be for gaming, where, like, everybody has delayed stuff either from last year or this year. And, like, 2023 is just going to be, like, a deluge of just, like, bam, 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 bam. Like, like early next year is already looking like, like, early next, like, the first quarter of 2023 is, like, a bunch of games that, like, would normally make up an entire year worth of games. What were you really excited for for 2023? Uh, Starfield, like... of course, Starfield. Okay. Redfall. I've actually kind of come around on Redfall. I thought it kind of looked kind of plain and very uninspired, mm-hmm. but I've seen more gameplay of it. I'm like, this actually kind of looks a little cooler than I originally thought it did because it didn't look that cool to begin with, but now it's kind of cool. I've actually lost interest all the way. Through. Oh, you've reversed. You reversed. Okay. Well, the first trailer was cool. It was, I thought it, it was great. Well, it looked great, but I'm always like, give me the fucking gameplay so I can really decide. And mm-hmm. then I saw the gameplay and I was like, nah, this, this is whack. They haven't announced it yet, but I think Atomic Heart might possibly be delayed just because, again, of the politics of the situation. It's a Russian studio. Mm-hmm. I could see that being delayed to early next year just because it's not, like, the right time maybe for that game. And also, there hasn't been that much PR or press around it, like, at all. It's, I, supposed, to, it's supposed to launch, like, before the summer ends, but, like, no one's talking about it. So, I'm guessing that's probably going to be delayed. So, what does our Xbox really have? They have Starfield for 23, right? Mm, yeah next year what else do they have um shoot uh is it yeah red falls the other exclusive right that's only gets pushed back next year yeah and nothing for this year because sony hasn't really revealed their lineup either right right uh i think i think the studio that might have one of the biggest uh biggest fucking years is gonna be capcom Yes. Yeah, because we're going to see more of, like, Pragmata. All the Resident Evil shit is going to be fucking nuts. Yeah, right? yeah, next year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I If I had to put my money on one studio, it'd be Capcom for 23. Okay. Um, yeah. Back to your original question. Um, yeah, so those games I'm kind of excited for. I Off the top of my head, I can't remember, but I remember I was looking at a list of games coming out just for sure. Confirmed for, like like the first four months of next year and it's like it's packed it's packed oh so you've seen part of the list i say yeah i don't have it in front of me right now but uh it's like all the games i saw i think it was an ign article it might have been someone else someone else's article but it was like everything like now as of now confirmed for 2023 and it was like the first four months were like whoo yeah because i'm sure i've seen the list too i just don't recall like massive fucking games that i'm interested in oh okay but like back to back to what I was saying, uh, I mean I don't remember if it was a, who was it also that uh, is doing that uh, Smeagol game, Golem game, whatever it is, the Lord of the Rings one. Uh-huh. That also got delayed uh, as of t- this uh, as of today. That got delayed to next year, I think. Also, so or I don't know if it was supposed to come out this year, but they said they delayed. They're going to delay it a couple months, like several months. So whether it's the pandemics, like workload catching up, like you know, like since like I mean, it was really bad like a year or two ago. But now, like, those ripples that it sent out, the shock, aftershocks kind of are catching up. But you're an Ubisoft gamer, so... Sort of. Only so, for Assassin's Creed, really. Yeah, but this is a nice, uh, game that got canceled. That was Assassin's Creed. It's not a cancel, it just got delayed. Oh. But, uh, yeah, so it sounds like... Because there's usually... With a few exceptions, there's usually an Assassin's Creed game, like, every year. And then when there's not a new game every year, there's always been, like, a massive expansion to the game that came out the year before. So, like, when they they skipped a year, I'm trying to remember when recently, which one exactly. They skipped a year recently. Oh, before Valhalla. The year before that, nothing came out. 
It's weird though because they, they added an, it was an expansion for uh, Odyssey, which was the one that came two years before Valhalla. It's a little bit weird though because they said it it was um, not canceled but postponed, but it wasn't even a game that they had announced, right? No, yeah. So what's the, what's the point? It's just kind of angering people, no? What do you mean? To tell people like, hey, there's this project that we didn't tell you about, but now we're telling you because we had a no. They're not talking about it. it's uh, it says as pointed out by Bloomberg, the delay of uh. Like, they never gave you the name, but people uh, sleuth them the way through. Um, where was it? Uh, oh, though it says, Yesterday, Ubisoft announced that it delayed a smaller, unannounced premium game, though the title of the game was unknown. Now, a source has revealed that this game was Rift, the code name for uh, it. Okay. Right. So, you got to pay attention, Johnny. got to pay attention. Yeah, yeah. So, the, uh, Ubisoft never said, hey, we delayed a call a, a <laughs> Call of Duty. Ubisoft never said they didn't, they uh, delayed a Assassin's Creed. It's just they say, we delayed a smaller title, and then, like, insiders, you know, put two and two together. All right. So, don't blame, you can't blame Ubisoft for doing that. But uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. We've been seeing a lot of games delay. They mentioned in the article about that Avatar game that was supposed to come out when the movie was coming out that doesn't look good either and it doesn't look like that's going to happen either it got delayed until next year so they're, they're going to miss out that prime like when the mind share would have been on that like title mm-hmm. perfectly and that got pushed back a year so that's going to be like a it's going to be a loss pretty much. not a huge loss i imagine but well it's not out. the it's not the optimal release window now when the movie's out too for that synchronization you know what i mean it's not but they're coming out with so many avatar films that if the game is like in between one of those films, it's it'll be still... early for the next one. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be funny. <laughs> I can see that happening. Uh, I'm not a big Avatar fan. I mean, there's only one movie; it's hard to be a fan of. But uh, I guess if anyone's interested in that world, uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for you that that game got delayed. But I'm kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Indifferent about it. So, uh, real quick though, what do you think of the trailer? Is there a trailer for the game? No, no, for the Avatar film. Uh. It looks really cool. It looks really nice, but it's just not for me. I mean, it looks impressive, right? Well, it looks cool because it's like a Waterworld setting. You know, I haven't seen too many films except Waterworld where it's actually taking place in that type of environment. I don't like water settings in video games or in movies. They make me feel like claustrophobic in a way. I, I understand. That's why I haven't seen like, what's that movie with like the underwater like alien monster thing? Uh... I've yeah. never seen the Meg, the Megalodon movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I haven't seen. Uh, uh, what's that one with Mark Wahlberg, where like an oil pipeline they burst? Do you remember that one? No, I. I think I have seen that, but I don't, I don't recall. There's like all these. Any movie that has to take place like predominantly near or in water, I'm just not interested. Yeah, in. I haven't seen Jaws. I've never seen Jaws. That's true. Because mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't like water stuff. It's it's a very weird nitpick of mine. I just don't care for it. It's not my thing. Right, let's move on to our next story, shall we? Okay. Next one comes from Kotaku, written by Ethan Gak Gak Gak. I can never pronounce this guy's name. GameStop 9/11 NFT pulled after selling dozens of times. You heard that right, guys. You heard that right. So shortly after GameStop launched its NFT marketplace earlier this month, one creator started selling an NFT called Falling Man, mimicking the infamous photograph from September 11th, 2001. It changed hands dozens of times, eventually fetching hundreds of dollars until GameStop quietly removed it sometime over the weekend. GameStop launched its NFT marketplace just days after the latest round of mass layoffs at its corporate offices. 
Users can mint and trade autographed JPEGs with GameStop taking a small cut of each transaction. Since it went live, the platform has earned the Alien Gaming retailer over $200,000 in estimated commissions. At least $100 of that seems to have come from a 9-11 inspired NFT. Created by a user called Jules and seemingly uploaded to the GameStop NFT platform within a day of its debut, the Falling Man NFT displays an astronaut between two sets of vertical white and black columns. This one probably fell from the MIR station? MIR station? I don't know what that is. Reads a caption referencing a low orbit Russian oh, okay. uh, low orbit Russian space station. While GameStop's NFT marketplace mascot is an astronaut, the Falling Man NFT is otherwise a ripoff of the Falling Man photo taken by the Associated Press Richard Drew on the morning the two planes were flown into the World Trade Towers, killing 2,753 people and injuring thousands of others. It shows an unidentified man falling from one of the buildings. The 911 NFT was first sold on July 12th for 0.02 Ethereum or $29.97 according to the web archive copy of the listing. Over a dozen were over a dozen more were sold after that, with some users eventually reselling it for over $100. By July 22nd, one had sold for as much as $749 while the price listed on Jewel's creator page for two of the remaining unsold 911 NFTs had gone up to $7,000. $492. The MT got picked up by the blog Web3 is going great on July 23rd, and soon after GameStop appeared to nuke it from orbit. The listing for Falling Man is now gone, including the cached page. Creator Jewels, meanwhile, still has a number of other astronaut NFTs for sale that don't try to profit off of 9-11. Alright, let me end it right there. There's a little bit more on that, but it talks about Web3 stuff and about the shadiness of NFTs, but we're just going to be right there, Johnny. Um, that's a little distasteful, I think, Johnny. At the same time, art is meant to be kind of controversial sometimes, but I don't know if this, I mean, is it count as art? It's, I don't know. I don't know. I feel this is, it, it's just like headline is so hard to ignore. I was like, I feel like, like we have to like bring this up in some form, but uh, what, what do you think about this, Johnny? Like where as a, uh, are you looking at it through the lens of like uh, GameStop doing NFTs? Are you looking at it at the lens of like uh, 9/11 has pat? It's like been 20 years. Like, is it safe to talk about like like to lampoon or parody it? Or give me, give me the title again. GameStop 9/11 NFT pulled after selling dozens of times. So from user to I user. I mean, that's a fair title. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't take. A, it doesn't have a stance. The title is very yeah, neutral. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I don't. I don't see like. GameStop like fucking up, right? Like they got so much content they got to process. They're gonna miss things like this sometimes. Yeah, things right? are gonna fall through the gaps. No, no pun intended. Right? Yeah, it really comes down to the person that created this because it was an artist rendition of the of the original photo. It's they're not selling a photo of the original. Right. They're not selling an NFT of the original photo. It's just their rendition. Like they look different. They just have like similar setting. Yeah, and like the, the vertical angles. lines, yeah. the person upside down his position but they're not the same images uh somebody just wanted to take advantage and they wanted to be an ass and put it into the gamestop system and it's it's just on that person like the other people i can't imagine that they actually remember what this what the hell this means you know a lot of them are going to be probably younger people you know they see that image and they're like oh that's interesting looks cool let me just buy that nft not knowing it has any relationship to 9-11 unless it was in the title was it 
It said it only says Falling Man. Yeah, it's just called Falling Man, and then the caption says uh, someone falling from the Mer station. Oh yeah, it says the it says reads a caption referencing a low orbit Russian space station. So it's like an astronaut falling, but the, like the lines look very much like the towers. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, so they didn't even title it as 9-11. They it's just called Falling Man. Yeah, I'll look at the picture now. Falling, yeah, Falling Man, that's it. Yeah, so the people that purchased it probably didn't know it had any relationship to 9 And it says it's part of the astronaut collection. So it's like even further removed, kind of. Yeah. It's just weird. I, yeah, I think if it wasn't for the fact that it was done in GameStop's like network, this would almost be like a non-story, I think. Yeah, also, the uh, like I'm putting blame, of course, on the artist, but maybe that artist took it off a image that he didn't even know it was connected to 9-11 you know mm. like maybe they the other person didn't title it correctly and then this artist picks it up and now they make it their own and maybe they weren't even making that connection themselves that's possible i mean i think we're quick to kind of just assume the worst in people especially on internet uh-huh. but i think you're right maybe we should have a little suspension of disbelief not disbelief but it looks like um What's it called? Uh, when you like assume, when you like give someone, oh, the benefit of the doubt. There you go, benefit yeah. of the doubt. So, yeah. Uh, well, we, there's not much else for us to add to that. I just thought, and honestly, if it wasn't for it being in GameStop's network, I wouldn't even brought it up because it's like that's the only quote unquote video game connection, mm-hmm. and we try to keep it strictly. Well, in this portion, we try to keep it strictly video game related, right? Because we you know we go off the rails a little bit, but anyway, Johnny. Let's move on to the next, our third story here. Uh, this one comes from Eurogamer, written by Matt Wales. Nice and simple, simple name. It says, Black Panther single-player open-world game reportedly in the works at EA. Interesting. It says, EA is reportedly the latest studio to get a slice of the Marvel action, with new claims suggesting it's currently working on a new single-player game. I'm sorry, new single-player open-world game based on the Black Panther series. That's according to loose-lipped journalist Jeff Grubb, who, speaking as part of Giant Bomb's Game Mess Morning Stream, claimed the project will be single-player only title, with EA's aim being able. I'm sorry, with EA's aim being to build on the success of developer Respawn's well-received solo adventure, Jedi Fallen Order. While details are inevitably limited at this juncture, the title is said to be in quote very early development end quote. Grub claimed the basic premise is that players will need to complete various challenges in a bid to become the new Black Panther, following the death of an earlier incarnation at the start of the game. EA is supposedly referring to the title as Project Rainier at present, likely taking its name from Mount Rainier in Washington. That's relevant as the team handling its development is said to be EA's new Seattle studio, which, you know, Seattle, Washington, headed by former Monolith Productions boss Kevin Stevens. Stevens, who oversaw the likes of Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor and Middle-Earth Shadow of War during his time in Monolith, joined EA last May. At the time, it was confirmed his studio would be working on a new open-world action-adventure, which obviously lines up nicely with today's news. Assuming Grubb's sources are accurate, it's still early days for the project, so don't expect official confirmation of an open-world Black Panther game from EA anytime soon. Johnny. Uh, shit, I don't even know where to begin with this one. Um, I mean, the pedigree isn't that bad. I've played Shadow of Mordor. That was my next. Cl- okay, that was what I was thinking about going. Go ahead. I like Mordor. Mord- Mordor. Mordor. Whatever. Mordor. That was great. Mordor. Mordor. There you go. Okay, I I played that one. That was cool. Shadow of War. 
uh, didn't change enough to keep me engaged, but I did play a good amount of that. And is that formula like applicable to Black Panther? You think? Like, can you just throw on a Black Panther skin on that, or no? I can kind of see it working for EA. Yeah, if it was like a Sony project, I'm like, what the fuck, are you guys don't like, don't, don't like reskin this shit with Black Panther, you know? Uh, but the mechanics, if EA's doing it, yeah, it I kind of works. This is funny to me because I'm thinking of uh, how it's a single player game, and then the whole like. Uh, Remember, she's a 10, but she only plays single player games. Okay. And it's EA still. Like, yeah. So it's just, it's just, I, like, I know I, people are done. Like, that we beat that horse with, with to death with a stick or whatever. Or we, what's the saying? What's the old adage go? Beating a, a dead horse with a stick, right? Whatever. Others just don't beat a dead horse. Yeah, don't beat a dead, dead horse, right? Yeah. But, like, it's just funny. Like, oh, like, this is a single player open world project. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, we've, I've, I've always thought that, like more Marvel characters should have like their own individual single player games. Like, like Insomniac Spider Man is like the peak of that, like the perfect example of that. But like even like the Avengers game, which didn't do so well, we have the Iron Man VR game, which works ex- extremely well, like in VR. Like, so seeing Black Panther kind of get his own like kind of you know slice of the pie in this sense is kind of cool. I'm interested in what they're doing with the story because in this case both. Uh, T'Challa and his uh, T'Chaka or T'Challa what's his name do you remember his dad's name or no T'Challa no. it's something similar I can't remember his name but they both like died right in MCU him and his father have both been killed at this point so I'm wondering like when they say you're replacing the previous Black Panther like which of those Black Panthers is it you know what I mean so you're saying you want it to be at least canon with no no i'm just saying that they're so vague like oh you're like to become the new black panther repeat like replacing the previous black panther like which could it be because i think the black panther mantle is almost never i I think it's almost never like inherited by death usually it's just like they get old and we pass it on so i'm wondering in this case they would have to be death right or else they would have a successor already chosen you know what i'm saying yeah i think you're going too deep into it like, why can't it just be, like, Black Panther, and then that's it? It's just some spin-off Black Panther story. No, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be canon to the MCU. I just, I'm just I'm just curious what the angle is on the game, like, story-wise. Like, which Black Panther are you, are you, are you like... Is there, is there a villain you want him to fight? Uh, no, not really. I'm not really big on Black Panther lore. I know there's, like, a... Claw, uh, Dr. Uh, Claw, whatever his name is, right? Uh, Ulysses Claw. There's uh, we already got uh, what's his name from the uh, Michael B. Jordan's character, Killmonger. Yeah. I know there's uh, um, Neymar. Uh, and there's also uh, the one who's his friend, Baku. Um, he's supposed to be a uh, Manape or whatever the character. Yeah. Okay. So those okay. are the only. I know there's more beyond that, but those are the only four main. Oh, there's like that white wolf guy, right? But that's more like an ally than an enemy, I think. That's an ally. Yeah. That's so that's all. That's my extension. The extension of my Black Panther lore. I know there's more to it than that, but I just, I just don't know. I feel like this game, depending on when it comes out, is going to be heavily compared with the Sony's movie. Wolverine. Wait, what? Yeah. Because gameplay wise, I mean, what else are they? Oh, the doing? claws. Yeah, the okay. claws. And I feel like 
EA making a Black Panther is gonna be super subpar. Oh, like of a course. Knockoff of to Insomniac. To Insomniac's Wolverine. For sure. Like for the sure. combat is gonna look pretty similar, I think, right? Yeah. Just a ton of fucking slashing and running, jumping. I mean, I, their moveset looks similar. You know what? I think so, th- I think we've come a long way since like licensed movie games. Like when they when like we don't really get licensed movie games anymore. Like we used to get them a lot, like more than ten years ago. Where like, oh, there's a Thor movie. Oh, let's put a Thor game. Like the first Thor got a movie to go with it. Captain America had like a game to go with the movie. And then we kind of just stopped doing that because the games, you know, it takes more and more time to make games. So like it's hard to line up that uh. The like game launch with the movie launch, as we're seeing with with uh, Avatar, right? So we don't really get many video game adaptations that try to stay close to the movies, just because the production schedule is not going to be the same anymore. Like it used to be back like 12, 13, 14 years ago. Yeah, the turnaround time. Is... Yeah, thank you. The turnaround time is going to be way off yeah. basis, right? So, but like what you're saying, like we, uh, I think now a Black Panther game made now. I think studios know enough not to make like a generic ass game. You know what I mean? I feel like they understand now if you're gonna make something with that with a trusted Marvel IP, you're gonna do your best to make it as good as possible and not just like a cash check. Like, like a, Avengers. Avengers is a special. Well, okay, that's different though because Avengers was made as a live service game, and they thought like, oh, live service games will just do well just because it's Marvel, right? Because we were hungry for a Marvel Avengers game. We didn't. Avengers in the movies blasted off and like no one really made a game. No, there was all of a sudden a desire for a game like that, right? To have like that MCU experience. And what we got with, uh, shoot, uh, not Eidos, right? No, not Eidos. Um, it was, uh, the squ- not Square. It was Square, but it was, it was, was it Eidos or was it the other one they have on, uh, Montreal? I forgot what it was. I, f- shoot, I can't, re- I- no, Eidos did, uh, was it, was it Crystal Dynamics? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, were they the ones who did? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was them. Okay, then maybe Idos did the Guardians of the Galaxy one because that's the good one. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is the model that and Spider Man Insomniac Insomniac Spider Man. Those are both games where those are like the epitome of their how you handle a Marvel like license and make a good game at the same time. So I think if EA, whatever this Seattle studio, right, it's being shepherded under the guy who did, right, the, uh, the Lord of the Rings games. I mean, I, I mean, there's good examples of it. It just depends on the studio. Like, another good example was Batman. Right, but that was not really based... Oh, that's true, that's true, that's true, that's true. Batman with Rocksteady kind of broke that. They broke, like, the comic game And they've been doing curse. it for a while. For a minute. Right. Because, yeah, we're doing this again, the Suicide Squad and then the Gotham Knights, which we'll see how that turns out. But for the most part, like we've kind of nailed how to do these kind of video game adaptations of these more of these like comic book characters. So even though it is EA and I know people kind of just have an aversion to EA, like that name, that legacy, I think this could be good. If they go into the Last Jedi direction, I'm down for it. Like a like a Soulsborne style game, because that's like what Last Jedi is, where like you die, you lose your experience points. And stuff. No, I mean the quality of it. Like I know I know it's gonna be open world, but the quality like of the it is, is pretty decent. It's fair. Yeah, I think even if it's not super complicated, if you just make a game that just feels good, like handles well. Yeah, like that would go a long way. The Last Last Jedi aesthetically it looks pretty good. The mechanics are solid. Uh, story is okay. Um, maybe making an open world is gonna like dilute 
your resources, you know? You gotta produce so much fucking content for that Right, world. right. But if it stays on par with Last Jedi, I, I probably am gonna play it. Yeah, I think that's my one concern is with open world games like... I mean, I hear open world and I think of like filler, right? You think of filler, yeah. I think. Fetch missions, all that. Yeah, fetch missions, uh, like fast traveling, stuff like that. But you, I mean, Spider-Man, Insomniac Spider-Man had like side quests too. And they, and I mean, a lot of those were just like getting the pigeons. and I love those though. And like doing, activating like the Harry Osborn roof thingies, whatever those are, the science little cat labs. like The smog in the city. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those are just like whatever but because there's so few of them and they're optional it didn't really bother me not just that though like there aren't too many of those fetch missions and although the fetch missions are simple what makes it work is that the gameplay is so great like swinging around the city is just it feels fun. good yeah, yeah it feels good yeah you're right and then even like the little when you ever help uh, uh you help a uh, doc Ock with like the little mini games with the electronics uh-huh like, i actually thought those were fun like yeah, it's it's definitely a little hit of dopamine. They they handle well and like yeah, you're right. Like you you finish it and you're like, hey, like I did something right, yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. In a way, they were in other games where you do like mini games or they try to do like they try to do like the little side things and it just kind of feels like out of place. I think because it kind of serves a narrative, it, it works, and also because you're not forced. You're they'll throw like one or two at you and then you can do like you'll go back to the story and then like oh it's time for like another one like like you know they're spaced out evenly. I think mm-hmm. kind of helps too. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Black Panther could be done well if they take you know the best of what they've seen. I you have to imagine like they don't make these games complete in a vacuum. I have to imagine that they probably look at other similar works and like what works there, what doesn't work there, and just kind of craft their own identity around this. And so, I don't know. I I I, I like I always say I never wish ill will towards projects or games or even or even EA. I hope they do it well, but like, you know, uh, what do you call it about, uh, um, like previous experience, you know, stuff like that. Like, uh, I'm not super optimistic about it, but just hope for the best, expect the worst. There you go. Any last thoughts on before we move on or no, let's move on. Alrighty then. Next story comes from VGC or video games Chronicle. For those who don't know, uh, written by Tom Ivan. Very simple name. It says, Naughty Dog releases official Last of Us remake gameplay after, quote, hurtful, end quote, leaks. It says, The 10-minute features in gameplay deep dive video below includes interviews with the directors of The Last of Us Part 1 who discuss how the team went in and rebuilt the beloved game from the ground up. As a company, PlayStation Blog Post confirms, the game can render native 4K at targeted 30 FPS or dynamic 4K at targeted 60 FPS. Quote, the PS5's powerful hardware drives a host of visual benefits from denser physics with tons of bumpables and chippables, uh, parentheses, bullets can now rip apart concrete and environmental objects, end quote, and cinematics now transition seamlessly to gameplay, it reads. Motion matching technology means that the character animations flow more convincingly, intuitively, and realistically. It's kind of redundant, I think, but all adding another layer of believability to characters and their interactions with the world. Further, AI upgrades mean that characters inhabit the world in a more authentic and realistic way, such as buddy characters navigating cover to avoid enemy NPC sightlines more authentically. Nidoc has also added permadeath and speedrun focus modes, plus new unlockable costumes for Joel and Ellie. 
The release of the official gameplay follows a number of leaks showing off the game's intro, combat, and accessibility options, among other features. Quote, Leaks really suck, said Naughty Dog Vice President Arn Mayer after the release of the official video, especially when we're right on the cusp of an asset drop. It's disheartening and frustrating to teams who have put their hearts making awesome things for our fans, end quote. Naughty Dog's senior editor Samuel Prince echoed Mayer's feelings about leaks, quote, they're extremely hurtful to the devs who work tirelessly to bring you these wonderful games. Public-facing assets take a long time to create, revise, approve, localize, clear legal, ESRB, etc. Be kind. The Last of Us Part 1 will be released for PS5 on September 2nd, 2022. The game is also in development for PC, although a release date has yet to be confirmed. So Johnny, I, th- I thought this article would probably mention more about the... Uh, the gripes. The gripes, yes. The gripes you mentioned earlier before we started recording. Uh, so I, apparently, won't you? For aside from what I just read, we'll come back to that in a second. Won't you fill in, uh, fill us in on the gripes of the game? So of the leaks so far. Okay, so the biggest gripe is just that the gameplay isn't on par with The Last of Us Part Two. That's the main factor, right? Okay. And it's the question is: Is this just a glorified remaster, and is it worth seventy bucks, or is this really a remake? Because when you when you say it's a remake, it implies that, and they say ground up, it implies that it's gonna have like the latest like fucking scrap. technology oh, okay. possible, right? Uh, so gameplay wise, things that it doesn't have are like prone, right? It, it sort of makes sense to me why they don't have prone. So it's prone and there's dodge that I didn't see in the gameplay. Uh, the response that Sony had was pretty fucking amazing. It was impressive, like watching it in. In 4K, 60, all that stuff is impressive. The the visual updates, uh, the mocap, all that looks great. But if 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 all it is gonna be is an aesthetic upgrade, it's like for the gamers that have already played it, it's more of a remaster then, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it feels more of a remaster. But for for games that for people that have already played it, like I've already played it once on PS3, twice on PS4. I don't really feel like playing it for a fourth time if it's just a visual update. Because if it's just that, then I'll just watch it on YouTube, you know? Right. If it's if it's not updating the gameplay, there's no point in me purchasing this game. Uh, like, some things make sense. Like, the prone makes sense because uh, if you don't know what prone is, it's just like you're on your belly and you're kind of crawling. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, if there's like a level design... And you have, like, the AI walking around and they have their visual field and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're behind the box and you're, like, you t- you're taking cover, that part one was designed not for fucking prone, right? Right. So if you're you're doing prone and you're behind that box, the, the field of view for that soldier is just going to fucking catch you. Because that obstacle that was supposed to give you cover isn't wide enough to cover you while you're in prone. Yeah, now you have like a huge advantage kind of thing. Well, they have an advantage. Oh, I see what you mean. They have an advantage because of, of the... They can see your legs or whatever. Yeah, they can see your legs and your your fucking head. And, well, you're just fucked. And right. I feel like a lot of us... I mean, uh, The Last of Us Part 1 wasn't designed with prone in mind. So you'd have to change so much shit. Level design. Level is. design, True. Yeah, okay. To, to get that integrated. Right. Uh, the AI... I don't know why. I, it looks like they did do a couple updates, but they didn't. 
I like I didn't see the dodging mechanic in that. No, yeah, they mentioned that the AI would be for like buddy companions because you know like this is really like noticeable in the first, in the original game where like the AI the enemies only react to you being like in stealth, right? It doesn't matter if the rest of your team or buddies yeah. are in stealth because they're just like they'll literally like walk right in front of enemies and nothing happens because like mm-hmm. like they're almost they're like invisible until they're not until like you break stealth basically. Yeah, and right? that kills immersion when you see a character like once you see them, you know. Yeah, especially like when it's like right across like their line of sight. So I guess yeah. now they're saying like we made the AI so now like your buddies aren't so like fra- like flagrant about like just colliding with enemies. <laughs> they're more like. Like, wait till they pass by, and then we'll, like, hop to the next, like, cover or something. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a cool update. For for anybody who hasn't played this game, this is fucking great. Like... This would be the optimized version to jump into if you haven't yes, played. Yes, this is incredible if you haven't played the game. And then go play Last of Us Part Two. Definitely, yeah. Uh, what else was there? Um, Johnny, what's... I want to ask you the difference. I don't know if you know. It says it can render native 4K... And also dynamic 4K. What is the difference? Do you know or no? I think the dynamic is going to be like checkerboard. Oh, is that like the like up res kind of yeah. like scaled 4K? It's sort of like the AI estimates where like what pixel is going to be what, but it's not like true. original 4K. True gotcha. 4K. Okay. All right. Because it says it can do native 4K at 30 FPS or dynamic 4K at 60 FPS. Yeah. I almost always target, uh, depending on the game, if it's like a slow game, then I'll go for like resolution. But if it's a game where like, like, button impress like button presses matter and like collision like detection matters and i would go like for a smoother it really depends on the type of game like, yeah if you're doing a like call of duty you probably want to go with the 60 60 fps yeah. i know at the cost of like better resolution yeah but yeah. like for horizon like for for forbidden west i did uh i went for uh resolution over fps because it's not as important yeah for maybe a first person game you want buttery smooth you know you don't want to be spinning and then you just see tra- like frames just lost somewhere. or blur or whatever yeah. yeah any other thoughts about this Johnny or was that kind of like the gripes and everything I think that was it there was more but I, I yeah yeah you're right there is a con- there's definitely a conversation I've been especially annoyed about this because on Twitter especially I spent a lot of time on Twitter and like a lot of the Twitter discourse for the last few weeks has been oh this game isn't worth the $70 and like oh like yes it is because they've done all this other work and it's like and even the developers have gotten involved like someone I don't know if you saw the the tweet but someone was saying like how it's a cash grab and then like it was like an actual developer responded like hey like like we put so much work into this and we've done everything we can like to make this like the most like truest like best experience like it's not a cash grab or whatever and someone pointed out like aren't all video games technically cash grabs like they all want you to pay money for them like and so, like, I don't want to get into the discourse right now, but, like, this has definitely been a point of contention for some people as video games become, you know, pricier, you know, to catch up with inflation, video game inflation specifically. Like, the last time I think there was a hike inc- price increase was from when it went from 50 to 60 during the PS3 days. Yeah. And that was, like, 2006. And now, 16 years later, like, we're getting another $10 increase, but, like, it's almost kind of... Like if inflation holds up, I think that sounds about right, right? Like a that would be what I'm doing the math in my head. That would be like what a 13, 14 percent increase. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I did the math right. But it's like it's about fifteen or fourteen percent like increase from what it was before. And not to mention, games now have a lot much longer uh, turnaround with all of the extra work that goes into like the sound and the graphics and all this stuff that used to be kind of just like 
generated automatically. Now it's like details and all that stuff. Like it makes sense. So people are, are kind of like, I think people are just a little tighter with their money now than they were a few years ago. And they're like, is like, I think also just because there's way more quality games coming now, like they're all combining and competing for your attention for like the audience. Yeah. And it's like, what is, and is not, and isn't worth my time and my money. Yeah. As compared to like a few years ago or more than that, when it was like, Oh, this is going to be a banger game. And then like nothing for a couple months. I'm not sure if I would call this a cash grab because this is great for a fucking new player. Right. So I wouldn't call it that. I think the problem really lies with, with marketing terms. Like when they mention things like built from the ground up, you know, built from the ground up means like you're going to have a new mechanics in there and you're going to have all of them from part two. Right. So when they say like Final Fantasy VII remake, that was built from the ground up. That's yes, a, definitely a true because you know it's nothing like the first original, other than like thematic like story elements. Yeah, so there's like the game isn't that old, right? It's like ten years. That's kind of it. Sounds old when you say it that way, but well, I know yeah, you're saying relative to remakes. The, yeah, you're saying in terms of like it's aged very well. It's basically. aged pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's already a, a, rem- a remaster of it. The PS4 one, yeah. So I think the marketing is is the biggest issue. And not just that, it also, it also has to do with the leaks. Like, everything that fucking leaks just turns into a fucking disaster. Like, they had The Last of Us Part 2 leaks. Because they don't, they're not there to take, to direct, like, direct the conversation. Like, they're not yeah. the ones to spearhead the initiative. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It kind of, it happens to them and they're too slow to react. And by then the narrative of the, of the community has kind of already run off with it. Yeah, there's too many questions that rise up when there's a leak. Uh, I don't know. And just not fast enough of a response for people to be satisfied with. I yeah. Another thing that I wish they could have added to uh, the last four part one remake mm-hmm. is if they would have shut off like new, like maybe they can't change the way that the AI performs and all that, right? But what if they just give us new guns? Yeah, I'm always baffled when people do, when the games like do like remasters or remakes. Like I think of like the Dead Space One remake coming out like soon mm-hmm. next year. Oh, there's another 2023 title there for you. Where like like it's a remake, but are they like like surely they're gonna add new content, right? Like they have like like why would you not add like more stuff to like further incentivize repeat, like you know returning players? Yeah, new traps, new guns. Well, didn't they show like now that like, the modifications are like gonna be visual, like in Last of Us Two? Right, like were you on the bench? Yeah, yeah, that's neat, but that doesn't. No, but it's along the lines of like new like visuals, right? Because most adding new guns really is just kind of like adding new skins or visuals to the existing like armory or whatever you want to call it. Well, would it be that difficult to just add a few new guns instead of a like a just a long shotgun? Just give me a shot off shotgun, and then if you need to change the animation a little bit, well, that animation is gonna carry through the rest of the fucking game it's not like you got to change like the design individual of the times and, yeah yeah it's just like a one-time animation change and then right just r- rinse and repeat it yeah that's true all right let's move on all right Johnny. last of our story the last of us the last of our story uh for this week over at playstation playstation lifestyle written by zarmena khan that's such a cool name zarmena khan it says report Sony's recent first-party leaks stem from a security breach. More leaks incoming. It says, according to two known insiders, recent Sony first-party leaks, God of War, Ragnarok, and Last of Us 1 remake leaks, 
namely, stem from a security breach that Sony has yet to plug. As a result, there may be more leaks in the coming weeks and months. That's according to Xbox era's Nick Special, Nick Baker, and journalist insider again, our boy Jeff Grubb. Baker is the one who recently leaked the Last of Us Part 1 Remix gameplay videos, accessibility options, and control scheme alongside screenshots. What's going on with God of War Ragnarok Rocks and Last of Us 1 Last of Us 1 Remix leaks? Prior to the Last of Us Part 1 Remix leaks, God of War Ragnarok's release information and various special editions were shared by a number of insiders ahead of an official PlayStation, PlayStation blog post. The Last of Us Part 1's leaks had people thinking that we're looking at a case similar to the Part 2 fiasco, but not quite, because, well, we already know the story of the first game. <laughs> uh, quote, Sony may have a little bit of an issue, a security problem, end quote, Baker says in the video above, with Grubb chiming in to agree. Baker added that he's been getting offers from numerous other Sony first-party leaks and then teased an upcoming God of War Ragnarok leak. Both Grubb and Baker then agree that, quote, someone has gotten a hold of something, end quote, at Sony. One Reddit user pointed towards a months-old Reddit thread by a now-deleted user who claimed that someone got a hold of a company laptop with a 100 gigs drive full of data. That Reddit thread was dismissed by most users at the time, but it's now believed that someone decided to take a risk, download the files, and or found a way to crack into a server or something. And that's kind of, I mean, it's just saying, well, another news Black Panther game, but we talked about that, so I'm going to pass on that. Johnny, having, I have like no IT history or any experience with IT or security breaches or any of this stuff. Um, what, what do you... What do you where where do you where do you stand with this or what do you think about this about um what what are your overall thoughts of leaks I guess whoever has those fucking files if you're listening do not leak this shit oh stop leaking these fucking games that's that's really it depending on the game right <laughs> Johnny okay he can't see it but now Johnny's like looking up like his eyes like he's thinking he's smirking he's smirking I don't know. I haven't thought about that. It's weird how like secretive like the video game industry is compared to other media like like movies or music or like TV even like where everything's kind of just like out in the open like yeah we're doing this this is what's going on like we're working on this and this and this like compared to like right now like how, how like during Comic Con with like MCU like we have the next like five years planned out or whatever. And with video games, it's like, shit, you don't even find out a game exists until, like, sometimes, like, months before. I think that has to do with the development time. Like, you don't want to talk about your game, and you still got, like, five years left to go to drop the fucking game. Whereas, like, Marvel is, like, they announced the shit, and they're going to record, like, within a handful of weeks, you know? And, I'm pretty sure it takes more than a handful of weeks to make a game, a movie, Johnny. <laughs> no, but, like, the actual recording and shit. Oh, okay, okay. So... Yeah, like thirty. Like if the if the script leaked for the film, that's fucked up because that shit does take like a ton of years to to develop. Right. But the actual filming of the film, that happens fairly quickly. So the actual production. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you introduce a game and then it takes like five or six years to introduce it, like there's so many times where you could just end up canceling the game or it fucking turns around. It becomes a different project. The, or... Yes. Uh, the changes. Yeah, it's a disaster. So, yeah, I mean, it, it. I'm sure it sucks for a lot of the companies doing. It. I mean, we kind, we just, we literally just talked about this with the Naughty Dog thing with the Last of Us, like reactions and stuff. How, uh, 
yeah, they, they, it's really about like framing the reveal or whatever. You want to be the if you're the one like making the thing, you want to lead the discussion on it, right? You don't want you don't want to be the one reacting to the news. You want to be setting the news, right? Setting the tone for how you know how to curate your baby, basically, right? And so. I don't know. I guess it, it depends on what's on that laptop or what's on that hard drive or USB, whatever it is. Um, I imagine if Sony's aware of it, then they must have an idea of what's on it, right? If it's leaked on there. So it really, the onus is on them to kind of like from here on out, try to set the expectations of what could be leaked and be like, hey, uh, you're probably going to hear about this. So like, this is a game we're working on. Or I think that would be the smart thing to do is to like beat the leaker to the punch maybe or they could do what cat what um what was the game they got like super leaked and like hey like this isn't even like what the game looks like anymore like from what that data oh cyberpunk it was a years ago like cyberpunk like a lot of the stuff was leaked out and then uh cd project red came out hey like a lot of that stuff is from like early like none of that's like a lot of that is no longer like applicable like stories like story beats and like uh like screenshots whatever like we've worked it so many times like it doesn't even like look like that anymore so that would be the smart thing i think for I, I was just thinking about this it's because a lot of the leaks feel very vindictive right because they release like maybe two or three months right before the game is going to launch right yeah it's just to like it feels like it's just to shit on the company right so i'm thinking like would it make sense if the leaker just decided let me just leak this about a year in advance so then if there's like a, a, a fan critique, mm-hmm. then then the studio would have time to address those critiques, you know. Oh, if it was like that far in advance, but at the same some time, some kind of like controlled opposition kind of thing. <laughs> well, at the same time, if you leak it a year in advance, that could be like a very early build of the game, you know. I wouldn't so be it's sur- not representative yeah. at all of the actual pro- finished product. I would not be surprised if some like early leaks are intentional. I would not be surprised. I just don't see the upside of the league at all. Like, what what benefit is there? I don't know. I mean, I would see it useful for certain studios. Like, if you want your game to still be relevant and, like, you haven't released anything, it's like, oh, let's frame it as a leak so it seems more important and draws more eyes, you know what I mean? Rather than just, like, an update, like a studio update. But then, like... Yeah, but wouldn't that fuck you up? Like, if you have investors, they're like, that yeah, fucking well, game is always... Their company's always leaking shit. Like, why would you invest in, in them, you know? I guess. Yeah, you make a strong point. That's a good argument. Um, I don't know. Uh, I get, Yeah, leaks are harmful for, like, developers and stuff, but it's nice to just get an update when, like, especially for games or, like, they're... I don't know. I just think the video game industry is, like, unnecessarily secretive sometimes. So, like... I've, I disagree on that. Because even if... Even if they did tell us like in advance, I don't want to wait fucking five years. I yeah, you're like, right. Thinking about this shit, just give me like a solid like two years. To like a Bethesda year. used to do, like they had like Fallout Four. Like here's like the announcement. Oh, it comes out like in six months. Like what? Like that's cool. I'll that was like that. A, I know. I'm saying that's like a huge kind of like a like we're not gonna make you wait. Like it's gonna come out like really soon. Like from like original announcement to release date was like less than six months, and that was cool. And 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 between all that time, if I know that that this thing exists i'm like there's fatigue 
in my fucking head thinking about this game for five fucking years That's and fair. then in that time frame i'm like did that fucking game come out like and then we'll yeah, get to like yeah. year five <laughs> and then year six passes and i'm like i didn't even know this fucking game that's how I was with Stray. Came I, out. That's how I was with Stray, where I was like, I was like, didn't Stray already come out? Like, no? Oh, okay. Never mind. I thought it already came out. Yeah, you get what I'm saying, though, right? Like, I get you're what thinking you're about for so long, you, you're like, it must have came out at some point. Yeah, you just yeah. missed it or something. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I get what you're saying, John. Gentlemen, that's it for this week's news. We kind of had our five stories, we had our five little takes on that. Johnny, what have you been playing? Nothing brand new. You tell me what you've been playing. I'll scare you. I've been playing two games since the last time uh, we recorded. Actually, yeah, two games since last time. I finally got to play uh, Stray, which I I just literally just mentioned, which is kind oh, of oh, that's right. I've, I've been waiting for this. Go for it. All right, all right. So Stray is essentially a op- not open world. It's like an action adventure platformer, essentially. It was like little puzzles and environmental, like little like kind of uh, of like obstacles, sort of. Um, so, like the premise of the game is, it's set like in a far future post dystopian post apocalyptic like world, right? You're just a cat. You're not given a name. There's no context of well, who this cat is, but you're like part of like a group of cats. There's like four other cats that you like kind of like live with, travel with, sort of. And you guys just do cat things like meowing and climbing and stuff. But you like you like you guys are crossing like a chasm on a, like a rusty pipe, and then you happen to be the last one across when like the pipe breaks, mm-hmm. and your cat falls down like a long slope into like a sewer area, and it's like, oh, like now you're like in this walled city kind of environment, and essentially what you're doing is like you're like platforming across, like you're like leaping. There's like contextual like buttons like. You can't. There's, you can't just jump whenever. You can only jump when the prompt comes up, really. So like you'll you'll like look in a direction. You'll turn the camera around in a direction, and like a little X will pop up saying like, "This is where you'll land if you push X." Basically, if you jump. So like it'll like so you'll move around, and like the X prompt will appear in different areas of like where you can like land on, basically. And you come into contact with um, there's like these weird like I want they're like kind of like grubs like kind of like um uh like larvae kind of they're like mm-hmm. face huggers if you for those of you who've ever played half-life it's like those little like look like they're like hot pockets with legs is the best way to explain it okay and like they're like parasitic creatures that will attack you like they attack anything basically and so you have to like kind of avoid them but then you meet up i don't want to spoil the whole game but then you meet up with like these like friendly robots which you've seen from like the trailers already like they have like tvs for heads basically yeah and uh there's a certain group of these robots who are trying to get out of the walled city. It's called, I think, Walled City 99 or something like that. And basically what your cat's trying to do, you're trying to get out of the city. They're trying to get out of the city. So you help out these, like, cooperative robots. Like, they give you, like, kind of, like, clues. Or, like, hey, go contact this, you know, robot. Like, they know, like, they they were onto something. They Like, they were, like, on the, on the trail of a clue of how to get out of the city or how to open, like, the, the city's... Um, closed what would you call it it's like a skylight giant like a giant metal skylight how to open up like the roof yeah of the city so that's pretty much the premise like in a nutshell but then like the game doesn't delve too deeply into like what happened before this like what was like the catastrophe or whatever it's just like there was a human plague 
and this walled city is one of many walled cities out there where like they pr- try to protect the residents but like humanity has been like wiped out for so long at this point like the robots are basically the ones who are like like living now like they live like humans kind of they're like sentient robots yeah so they have like jobs they make music but there's no money no, which is weird. I think about it. There is no money, but I think they did that for the gameplay purposes because how's a cat going to spend money, right? Yeah, but there's no money be- being in the wreck. Like, between the robots, they just do shit. They just mimic. They're cooperative, things. yeah. They kind of just have, like, a cooperative lifestyle. I mean, there's, like, barters. Like, there's people who trade stuff, but, like, they want, like, they don't want currency. They want certain items in return. Like, someone, like, there's, like, a merchant who's, like, hey, like, I'll trade you, like, this item you need for progression, but you need to give me two energy drinks. So, the reason I ask is, are the robots sentient? Yeah. Okay. Because there's mean ones. There's nice ones. There's ones that just want to have fun. There's ones that have ulterior motives. But, like, it's all, like, done through the context of, like, like little speech bubbles. There's, like, no voices at all. It's done through speech bubbles. And you have like a companion, like you early on in the game, you come across like a companion, a little robot that like flies around you and like helps you out. And that robot like translates the robot speak for you. Hmm. Or what's well, really done for the audience, for the player, right? Because you like, like they say, like, rah, rah, rah. it's like, it's very like simish kind of like just like non, like nonsense, like, like beeps and boops. It reminds me of a classic of uh, batteries not included. No, is that a movie? Or it's an old fucking movie from the 80s. I've never seen it. Uh, it's a ton of little robots, and then there's like this grandma and grandpa, and I think they take care of the robots. The robots are like a family. It's uh, old childhood stuff. Sounds cute. Uh, but um, so like this early robot, like I'm not going to spoil much more about it, but like he helps you out. He interprets things for you. He's kind of like uh, he like has like a flashlight function for you and stuff. Like it's cute. And so, anyways, the the game mostly is you just trying to avoid like these parasitic little creatures, which is and imply like those are the ones that probably killed the humanity like all those years ago and stuff. And then like the robots are like they fondly remember humans, kind of like because they were like made as like companions to them. And they're like, oh, like so, like I'll mention like the like those who came before, like the forebears, which are basically humans, is what they're referring to and stuff. And so, there's more to the story. So like, if you feel like I spoiled you, like I really did. I give like the first twenty minutes of the game, basically. It's a super short game, actually. I, my runtime was, I, I think the playthrough time was four hours and like 30 minutes or something. And I think there's even a trophy for beating the game in less than two hours, which I can do, I can totally see like you can do that easily if you already know like all the like the where everything is and like how to like do the puzzles quickly. You can do that. And uh, yeah, so there's like, little creatures that try to stop you. Uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of stealth mechanics. Like there's parts where like there's like robots that are... Um, that are not they have like no personalities like they're kind of just like drones and they do like a little spotlight like little things so like you'll they'll have like predetermined like routes to like patrol and then you kind of just do like the middle gear thing of like you know meow like to draw their attention in a certain direction and like like sneak around them and stuff and then like their level of alert is like color coded like kind of like a metal gear yeah where blue is calm yellow is like suspicious and then red is like i found you kind of like uh, horizon mm-hmm and so they'll do that kind of thing. You have to like if you get hit once though, like you die. So you have to be like very careful. Where like if you're in the red, like they have like a they'll do like a like a charge up period, being like, hey, like if I haven't fired yet, you can still get away, kind of thing. So it's it's a lot of there's stealth gameplay. There's also like a like platforming puzzle solving. It's kind of like a hodge hodgepodge of like different like genres, but it works really well. Like. 
your, your cat doesn't like emote or express anything. It's like the faceless protagonist kind of thing, like this, like with no voice or whatever. Like you're not really guiding the narrative. You're more like the narrative's happening to you, kind of thing. Like you kind of just like roll with it, basically. Uh, you have to kind of suspend your disbelief because there's like a lot of things like where you're like when you do like fetch quests to like oh I need this thing but I need to get but you know so and so has that thing ask them if I can have it but oh but that person wants something else so it's like a long chain of like requests kind of like you know the whole like analogy about tr- like trading a paperclip up to a house kind of thing yeah like there's like a fetch quest specifically like that where you're just trading up you're trading up you're trading up and stuff and um a cat doing that's kind of absurd you know what i mean <laughs> so like like the way it's it makes sense is like your robot companion does all the talking and all the stuff for you you just do the walking and like maneuvering basically so it's a cute game i like it uh visually it reminds me of like this the city parts remind me a lot of like hong kong kind of like shinjuku in japan lots of neon lights lots of like flashy clothing on the robots like music with no lyrics, just kind of like just like industrial, like techie music. The game has like a very like warm feeling to it. I think. I, I think it helps the visuals. Like there's a lot of like in the beginning of the game, it does that annoying thing where it's like, hey, slide the slider until like the left image is no longer visible or whatever, right? And like unlike for horror games, I I I said it to like the brightest, right? But in this game, I did like the thing they want me to do, like until like the thing disappears, mm-hmm. and so I said it like the way they wanted me to do it. And there's like parts of the game that are like very dark, and that's like where the flashlight comes in. But whenever you're like in a well lit area, like it has like this just calming, like serene feeling. Like the game's like it's a very cozy game, if that makes sense. It's a very cute, very cozy, very short game. Um, I believe it retails for thirty dollars. I did not pay that. I got it through. It's free. Oh, free quote. I, John, give me the look. John, give me the look. Quote free end quote if you get, have the highest tier of playstation uh, plus or whatever mm-hmm. it's the the 17 dollar the 17 dollar tier uh includes stray so you can get it that way it's also on pc on steam uh 30 on there i think it's a timed console ps5 PS, playstation exclusive because it's not on it's not on xbox and it's not on switch but like they said like yeah we'll do an xbox release probably eventually so yeah, that's kind of my impression. I beat the game. I beat the game. I did not get the platinum, but looking at the trophies for the platinum, it's not like super hard to do. It's just like, hey, collect all seven of these things for this character, and it's like I got like three of them without trying. So I'm like, if I really tried and went back in and explored and took my time, I'm probably sure I could platinum it. But um, I just that wasn't my goal at the time. I just wanted to play the game, and enjoy it for what it is. Do you think Sony should buy him? Huh? Do you think Sony should buy him? So I believe the publisher for this was Annapurna, yeah. who most people will probably know them for like movies and stuff like that. I think uh, they do, right? They do other stuff. They do like movies. The developer I think is called Blue Twelve. Okay. This is like their first game. They're like veterans from other studios. Uh, off the top of my head, I cannot tell you which studios they came from, but this isn't like their first game. But it is their first game together, right? So, uh, should PlayStation buy them? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think it's a good game, but I don't think, you know, one game makes an entire studio. You know what I mean? This isn't like a, a Naughty Dog situation kind of thing. Uh, the game's doing really well. It's selling really well. It surpassed, uh, it's already surpassed uh, God of War on Steam's sales on, on Steam for like the highest selling game of the year. 
And then Corey Balrog put out a tweet saying, like, hey, like, if any game's going to beat God of War, like, I'm glad it's a cat game, he said, something like that. That's cool. Yeah, so it's doing really well. It's getting good reception. There's a bunch of memification of the game right now with people like, hey, here's a picture of my cat watching me play this game, which is kind of like whatever. Like, I'm not a cat person, so I'm like, whatever. Uh, you don't have to like cats to enjoy the game because I'm not a, I don't like cats, but the game's cute. It's cozy. It's fun. Uh, it's very hopeful, I think, I, without spoiling the end of the game. Like, it's very much kind of um, people or organisms beings will tolerate whatever they can in the hopes of like a better tomorrow and that's kind of like the theme of the game at least what i got from it and so yeah i i don't really have much more to say i wrote a re- i wrote actually off the top of my head i don't have much more to say i wrote like a thousand word review on it for uh the site that i sometimes write for yeah uh where i sing more of its praises and like you know get more into the details but like off the cuff um i recommend it i just i it's a short game. I know a lot of this, there's some discourse right now. It's like, oh, four hours, three hours, like $30 for that. Like, you know how some people, like, you equate dollars to, like, time. And I think it's a good experience. If you go into it thinking, like, hey, like, is it worth the money? And I would say if you're that frugal about it, maybe not. If you're like me, you approach it from the PlayStation tier kind of uh, cheaper approach. I think it is. I think it's worth experiencing leader number oh like a rank uh I, I, it's like an 8.5 for me eight's pretty good about, about that's what eight. i keep hearing too about like, an eight i hear people giving it like nines out of tens it's i wouldn't go that far i wouldn't go that high well they'll give it a nine out of ten they'll, they'll love the fucking game except their thing is like it's just too short they feel like it builds up and it just no. when it gets started it oh. just kind of drops off no i think it's the right amount of length it doesn't overstay its welcome mm-hmm because I think if it was more than that, I, I I could see it becoming boring if it becomes longer than that. Well, unless they change the mechanics for it. Well, that's what... Okay, so that's I'm glad you mentioned that. Because there is... Throughout the game, they do introduce and take away mechanics. Yeah. So, like, there's a part where... I didn't, I didn't mention it, but there's a part where you basically get a weapon. For the most part of the game, you can't fight back. But there's a part in the game... Uh, I guess it's kind of mini spoilers. Where you get a weapon to fight back because they become, like, overwhelming, the little creatures. Mm-hmm. But then, like, once the overwhelming part is over, oh, your weapon breaks. And then you're kind of forced to going back to, like, stealth mode again. So, like, they'll do things where they introduce certain mechanics or, like, your little... Ro- uh, he- you don't have the robot companion, like, in the beginning of the game. Then you get a... And then it kind of goes away and then comes back again. Like, there's, like, they do things to kind of change it up to you so you never feel too bored or too comfortable with the situation. So, I mean, I didn't want to spoil much more, but yeah, I mean, well, it's not a story heavy game. I just, you know, I want to leave something on the bone for people. You know what I mean? Yeah, to pick let me, at. Let me get this right here. Um, so yeah, you're right. They do have enough mechanics coming in and out where you don't like, there's like, um, they have more than once they do like this kind of like run at the screen moment yeah. where you're not meant to fight. You're supposed to kind of just try to get away. And, like, those are cool because they kind of, like, change up the pace for, like, oh, man, like, I have to go from this place to that place. Like, oh, it's going to take forever. But then that segment, like, drastically cuts down the time. because You, you close that distance way faster because, like, the gameplay is... like in Indiana Jones? Yes. Okay. Kind of like a boulder moment, but it's not a boulder. All right. And it's like, oh, like, oh, that thing I thought was going to be so daunting. Like, oh, we already, like, covered half the distance we needed to cover. Hmm. Like, cool. Because you can see the thing you're trying to get to, like, in the distance on the horizon. And it's like, oh, cool. Like we may, okay, we're a lot closer now. It's not now. It's not as much of a chore now. So um, it's the right amount of time, I think. For I think four or five or 
four hours or so is enough for you to get a taste and figure out what something is like when it comes to a game. Yeah. But then, like, for the game to end, like, shortly after that optimal time, I think it's, like, perfect pacing. Like, they didn't have to pad it out with more fetch quests or stuff like that. It's just... It's just a really good game. It's just... Again, that length to dollar ratio might be hard for some others, other people, especially yeah. if you're a PC gamer. Because I think I think Steve still does a thing where you can return a game less than three hours. So if you speed run the game, you can play the game for free, I guess. I wouldn't recommend that. It's kind of messed up, but... On, that is uh, a workaround for those who are on tight on a budget. So yeah, there you have it, John. That was your main thing playing. That was the main thing. I've been, I also been. I also started up. Uh, I started playing this two days ago. Uh, As dusk falls, Johnny. This is the game you said you don't like the way it looks. Okay. This is the comic book looking kind of uh, Telltale style game. Do you remember it this just one? released? It came out this past week. All right. It's on Game Pass. That's how I'm playing it. Again, okay. came Game Pass coming in clutch. Um, they they did an event for this. I think last week also, but I couldn't go because I had grab all stuff, grab all duty. But they had like a like a studio thing on. I think it was like last Friday, leading up to the game's release. No, the the Friday before that. I'm sorry, the Friday before that, where they had like a Q and A section with the audience and the developers, and they showed more gameplay and stuff. Like it was down at the Ford at the I forgot what theater in L.A., but they had free tickets. I could have gone, but. Someone has to watch crap at home, so I had to be <laughs> to stay home, anyways. And it's kind of it plays a lot like a tell. It's basically a visual novel, Johnny, where like you watch the story play out. It gives you options, like hey, if you choose this option, like like it'll tell you like when the important decisions are, and where the non important ones. So like hey, like they'll put a little icon will pop up with like a fork, like saying like outcome, like like sh- like depending on what you choose now, like this will alter like the, the way the story goes. And then sometimes it'll be like something like like not important, like like tell her she's fat. Don't tell her she's fat. Like something like that, like kind of like just like in the short time. You know what I mean? Like in the in that moment it changed the dialogue, but it doesn't change the trajectory of the story, right? Mm-hmm. So um without going again, I'm gonna try to avoid spoilers, but it's how these you're playing you you're playing mostly from the perspective of two different characters who are kind of like on opposing sides. At least not initially, but like about once the story really gets going, you start to see like, oh, they are uh, op- oppositions to each other. And it's set like in 1998. I suppose there is time jumps throughout the game, but I haven't gotten that far. I'm on chapter two. I'm probably going to finish the game maybe later this week. I'm engrossed in the story. The story is actually like, it, like without getting into super details, it's basically kind of like a like a like a standoff, like a heist slash sta- police standoff. And you're on either you're playing you kind of like the narrative goes from like the different characters on different sides of the law kind of thing, and it's actually engaging because there's like lives are at stake. Like I'm not gonna mention names, but like you can get people killed like who are on either one of your sides, and sometimes it's like sometimes it's like the outcome is off something you wouldn't think would happen, and then sometimes it's very intentional or it's like. Hey, like warn this person or don't warn this person. Don't warn this person, and then like two seconds later, like they're dead. And then and sometimes it's like something innocuous where like oh because this character is dead now this person feels this way and now they killed this other person kind of thing. It's like what like oh shoot like I shouldn't have let that happen. So like like when you want to see a certain character die like yeah kill that character and it's like oh no there's like a repercussion I didn't think about like stuff like that. So you you'll get the domino effect, but also you're making that decision based on repercussions for yourself. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, shoot. Like, do I want this person to be involved in this situation? And it's like, no. But now, like, it flipped where that person you removed from danger is now in danger because now they're in a different situation that went sideways. And it's like, oh, shoot. If I, know, if I had known that would have happened, I would have sent somebody who I didn't care about, like, out of the fire, basically, kind of thing. Yeah. It's it's because it, it's you feel like you know what's going to happen. And then, like, a new element in the story gets introduced. And it's like, oh, shoot. I didn't plan for that contingency kind of thing. So... Do you kind of have an option of doing like Renegade Paragon? Yes, because if, if it's not called that, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not black and white like that. Because I'm wondering if if everything is so unpredictable, maybe I'll just go like Renegade. Like from the beginning, I'm like, I don't give a fuck who dies, who lives. Oh, as long you, as I'm good. That's like when I played the Batman, the Telltale Batman game. And I just wanted to be a like a jerk Batman. Yeah. Like this is like the Ben Affleck Batman I'm playing as. We're like. Impale, yeah. yes, impale. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like that, but then, like at the end of the chapter, like you'll they'll show you a timeline, and they'll show like these are all the decisions you took. Here are the blank spots where you didn't see what happened, mm-hmm. and it's just like oh, the like the percentage of people who chose those same options as you, kind of thing. Yeah, because I I wonder how invested I would be if I went for like a renegade versus a paragon. Because like, I'm just gonna be like the scum of the earth. Yeah, kinda. I wonder yeah. if the story would still grip you if you're. I I try to play it the way I would. I quote, I would in real life. End quote. Uh, yep. At the end of the chapter, it tells you like, oh, you're 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 a family man, or oh, you trust you like you follow through on what you say. Like it tells you like at the end of the chapter, like what your like qu- strongest qualities like decision wise were. All right, that seems satisfying. So it's cool because it's like, oh, like really? Like I felt that way. Like, I didn't even realize I felt that way. But like, oh yeah, that does make sense. I was like, it's like, oh, like you stuck to your guns in tough situations, and I'm like oh yeah like i didn't buckle under pressure but like and then like at the end of the second chapter like some of those things changed for me as the situation became more complicated Mm -hmm. and i was like oh you went from this to this now like now you changed like your the type of responses you took are different it's like oh well yeah like you introduce new story elements like i'm going to change the way i you know think about certain characters or certain situations so it's a really cool game um there's like kind of qtes like quick time events are like contextually based so it's like Oh, rotate the analog stick this many, like, quickly, or, like, uh, swipe. Swipe in this direction, like, quickly. And so far, I've been pretty good at not failing those, because I'm very quick with the mouse, because I'm playing on PC, so I'm very quick with the mouse, for, like, rotating and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes I've almost lost to the ones where it's, like, you have to, like, fill up a bar by mashing the mouse. Yeah. And those are, because those are, because it's not just one action, it's the same action repeatedly, and so, like, those sometimes will throw me off but i haven't like failed failed like seriously so if you play like quantic dream games like heavy rain or detroit become human or like until dawn or any of those like it's essentially that kind of game where the core of the game is not the gameplay itself but the narrative unfolding for you and then you being an active participant in the story being told the game is interesting though johnny there is a multiplayer component where like you basically whenever you take a whenever you take an action you have like a 20 second counter but if you're playing with other people, they can each like put in put in like a different design uh, decision prompt, mm-hmm. and then the game will just take the overall average like as the answer as a as like the move to make. Okay, that's pretty cool. It is cool because I wouldn't think you would be able to do that with like a kind of game. But I'm like, oh yeah, you can like make it like a democracy kind of style. Like, like what are we doing? We've got 20 seconds. Like, quick, what, what are we what are we doing as a unit kind of thing? See, that sounds awesome. If it was an action game, like a like an isometric game and you're like a, a squad mm-hmm. and maybe there's some type of feud going on and you're trying to decide like 
like maybe a, a zombie game and you're you're a squad and you're trying to decide shall we go this direction or that direction so yeah depending on what you that's choose, very much one of the one like, of the scenarios is that literally. depending on what you choose like you get the quantity of of zombies you get the location you get the vehicle like what vehicle did your group vote for that sounds fucking great go ahead like, there's literally a scenario like that where like there's a shootout going on and it's like hey do we make a run for it and like try to get you know try to get out of the situation or do we stay put and i'm like i'm thinking now nah, if i make a run for it, i'm gonna get hit in the crossfire like yeah i'll take my chances and stay put and then like one of your one of your like it succeeds but then like one of the persons like one of the, like the rogue characters who's like not really like following along with you who you have like very little rapport with he's like nah i'm making a run for it and it's like and then they get like smacked and like i told you i told you so like it's it's interesting. I'm really interested in the story, and I already know I'm probably gonna play it more than once because I want to see what the other outcomes are. Man, yeah, go ahead. Because you'll get to the end of the chapter, and it's like uh, it shows you like where they branch off narratively. You see the branches, like the forks. Yeah. And like there was one where I only had two options, but there's a mysterious third branch, and I'm like, how do you trigger the third branch? There was no other option. And then I noticed later on that if you take too long to make a decision. A third option will sometimes pop up. Yeah. And it's like one you wouldn't think of because like, because all the countdowns start at 20 seconds to decide. I noticed that one time it took too long and at the five second counter, a third option popped up that was different from the other two. And I'm like, oh, like that's the optimal choice I would have chose. Like I chose that one. Yeah. But I guess I had to go back to go to the previous ones because you can, I guess after you beat the game, you can go back to, you don't have to play the entire game. You can go back to specific moments. And I would like to see how things played out because there's times where there is more than two options, even though I guess I chose too quickly for the timer to really like progress. Yeah. So I'm like, that is cool that they do that. Where like, if you're taking too long, like, like we're going to throw you another option. Like that you, that your character wouldn't have thought of right away. So I'm like, that is really cool mechanic. Cause it's not obvious that there would be more. Th- it's only tell you retrospectively looking back where you see like there's third, there's options where, where you didn't see options originally. So I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going to play this probably more than I, maybe two times. I don't know about more than two, but like, I want to know what are the different outcomes. Like who could I have saved? Who could I have not saved? Stuff like that. Like those are, that's definitely my jam. I love these like narrative experiences. Like it's not a game game in the sense of like, what you think of a game as like, you know, gameplay combat kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. It's very much like a telltale or like a quantic dream kind of game. So I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah, I would sh- See, Johnny, if, I, if you had Steam, I would have let you, I would share, or a Game Pass, I could have let you, you know, share it, but um, I don't really? know what else it's on, actually. Game Pass, I know it's on Steam, I don't know if it's on, I don't think it's on any consoles, I could be wrong, I could be wrong, but anyway, so those are the two games I've uh, I've been playing. Uh, cool thing, Johnny, I am now, at this point of the year, I've, if I finish uh, as dusk fall as dusk falls soon it'll be my 30th game completed this year last year and all of last year i completed 32 games so i'm already like past the halfway point of this year and i'm already gonna like overlap that i want to pass that so I'm, I'm excited to see what else i played later this year uh that digimon game i'm really looking forward to comes out later this week on friday Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Digimon fan. It's, like a, it's a strategy RPG in the, in the same vein as XCOM, but with Digimon. <laughs> so that's going to be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. Aside from that, I think the next thing I'm interested in in uh, August would be... Oh, uh, shoot, I forgot the name already. 
Oh, I don't know if you've seen the Cult of the Lamb. We talked about it before. No, I don't think I remember. It's a PC game for uh, I think it's also on Switch, but that's like the big for me is the big August game that's September. It's, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna buy The Last of Us Part One. I really don't know. I would pass for you. If I were, that would be like the one game that whole month I would probably buy. I don't think I will. But uh, yeah, the good stuff starts dropping in October. That's when we start getting like COD and all that, all the new interesting stuff. So, but yeah, that's where I'm at with it right now. Um, anything else, Johnny? I I I don't have any quite. I I didn't do the name that game segment. I forgot to come up with the questions because I was so tired from yesterday. Actually, well, yeah, I wanted to go into like what have you been watching? Oh, oh, but we actually, could do that. Actually, yeah. I did play something, but it was just a demo. I played a uh, Oddworld Soulstorm. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite games because it's like the PS One era type of. Did game. you play a lot of uh, Apes Odyssey on PS One? I did. I I played a ton of it, but this demo looked promising. Uh, the cinematics are, are pretty cool. Uh, it's just the mechanics are very frustrating because you it's a platformer, so you have like these ledges, and there's these moments where you like just want to fucking run and jump to the ledge, and you have to be so fucking precise. Oh, and it's it, like there's not that much like clearance for like a mistake, kind of like nah, jumping like, too early. No, nah, the mechanics don't feel very organic. I don't know how else to say it. They feel rigid. And, you know, if you just miss the ledge, you end up, like, falling on, on fire, just falling off the fucking ledge Jesus. or something. Uh, it's pretty much the same mechanics. You could uh, possess the enemies. Um, I don't know. I give it a try. I really don't think it's it's worth a purchase. I hate to say that because I do like Abe's World. Or what is it called? Oddworld. Oddworld. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to pass on the game. But all right, let's. Oof. What do you feel? What have you been watching? Let's go. Wait, hold up. Uh, <laughs> go for it. Because there's. One... I watched. Uh, I don't know how far you got into it, but I, I finished watching the Netflix Resident Evil series. All right, go for it. Yeah. It's just. It's not good, Johnny. It is so slow. Uh-huh. It okay. So what it does, it doesn't. Something that I guess they're trying. They thought would be like a really novel, but I kind of just found annoying, is they have two different timelines playing at the same time. Uh-huh. They have the 2022, the current, like, world, like, thing going on with uh, Umbrella, which I have no idea how Umbrella is still around because supposedly this show is set with the same context of, like, all the video games happened in the in the, in the the show already. Yeah, so where's Tricell? Where's all that? Yes. So, like, Resident Evil 1 through 8 have already happened within the context of the show, mm-hmm. right? And they later on there is payoff for that. They do reference a lot of stuff from like the earlier games where I'm like, oh like I get I get that nod or oh I got that reference about like this thing happening. And but for the mo- and then they have another timeline that's set like thirteen or fourteen years in the future with the same characters. Yeah. And so like with it's not a spoiler to say because it show you see it in the first episode, but like there's the modern, hey, everything's kind of going fine setting. And then there's like the post-apocalyptic Mad Max world in 13 years of like the virus getting like all over the world kind of stuff. The T-virus and all that stuff going over the world. And so like you're kind of figure, trying to figure out like, okay, like how do we get from the modern timeline to like that future? And like the events in the show will count down like um, like uh, it'll say when, you, when it goes to the future timeline, it'll say something like, oh, like, like 10 years after the incident or something like that. And then when you're in the modern timeline, I'll say like, Oh, like this many months before the incident. Right. So like they're, we're counting up and counting down in both ways on both timelines. 
But like it start okay, so the premise of the show is basically there's Albert Wesker who how does he still survive? Not important right now. It, it, it's explained later. That whole thing is everything that happened in the games is canon in the universe. But there's some things that are like what like like just 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 stick with the ride for now. Stick with the ride for now. It'll be explained later. And so Wesker is moving to a umbrella kind of like community town. Like it's called New Raccoon City. It's one of those like uh, what do you call them? Like those like businesses that when they build the towns for their workers around their business. You know what I'm talking about? It's sort of like the Manhattan Project. They sure they built a community around the project. Yeah, it's like a business city. I don't know what that's called though. Yeah, there's a specific term for it. We've had those before in America, like sporadically. They're like business towns, kind of. But it's everybody who lives there works for the same business, just in different capacities, right? So it's one of those like cities, town, or whatever. And Wesker has two daughters, Billy and Jade. Um, they do not look alike, even though they're twins. And it's explained that basically he had they had them from two different mothers, so kind of like a in vitro kind of thing, like that. Or, intro, I think it is. There you go. That's the terms because they do not look alike, but they're twins technically. Yeah. Like one, one is a uh, is like a black female, and the other one looks like like Polynesian, like East, like Asian kind of. Okay, it's complicated. But anyways, so he has these two daughters. He uh, they move to this new town. They're not happy about the move. They have no context about like their dad and like the event. How they have no idea how their dad is related to the events of the Resident Evil games. In, the, in this like universe or whatever so they don't even know like Wesker like that name Wesker means something to a certain group of people mostly like people who are related to Umbrella stuff right so they're like, kind of anyways I don't want to go too much in the story but like it's just a very slow show like all the modern stuff is super slow and like things happen like there's things that don't feel important like they introduce like the kids they meet at the school like that they go with and it's like, like what does this have to do with like the rest and then how umbrella is like marketing this drug called joy or whatever it's like kind of like a super antidepressant but then like wesker's concerned because it contains a tiny tiny sample of the t-virus in the in the drug yeah but like he so he's like warning umbrella like hey like because in this in this current timeline like he's just like a altruistic researcher for umbrella again that's explained away in the context of the show and so he's like, oh, like, oh, I don't know if we should put out this drug. Like, yeah, it's successful. It works. But, like, there's a small amount trace of T-virus in it. And, like, and like, oh, well, that's vital for it to work and stuff. And, like, oh, it would take an absurd amount of doses to, like, trigger, like, the zombie thing, basically, and stuff like that. And so he's, like, struggling with, like, the morality of the company. I don't know how Umbrella oh, came back. talking about Wesker being moral? Again, Johnny, that's explained away. Okay. Okay. Without okay, you know what? I'm just gonna give you one spoiler. So if you're gonna watch this show, uh, tune out for the next ten seconds, starting now. This Wesker is a clone of the original. That's Wesker. what I told you. When did you tell did me? Did I that? not tell you? No, this? I don't remember that. Go for it. This Wesker is a clone of the original Albert Wesker. Okay. Who I guess Albert Wesker cloned himself because he wanted more of himself to kind of do research for him when he's busy on his excursions or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So he mass cloned himself and then he kills off like a lot of his clones except for like a handful of them. Okay. And so Umbrella co-opted this specific clone after the whole volcano, the original one died in the volcano in Resident Evil 5. And so he's kind of like an offshoot of that. All right. So, and spoilers. And spoilers. And spoilers. Come on back. Come on back. So this Wesker is, 
this version of Wesker, I should say, his thinking is dramatically different. And then it's weird because, I, I mean, I don't want to, like, I have no problems with him being black. But then when they have, like, flashbacks of him, like, like there's, like, flashbacks of, like, Wesker like, before, like, from, like, after the mansion incident and stuff. And, like, he has, like, a full set of hair, like, Wesker-style hair with, like, the... <laughs> and he has the shades and the leather jacket and yeah. like everything and it's just kind of like i did see that image so like is this whisker like he was he was always black like i'm like i guess that doesn't really change anything in the context of the game it of the does. game does it all right not we, really hold up we're not gonna get into it much but me and andrew have had this conversation before and it's very i uh, was very contentious i don't like race swapping in anything like any comic or film so you don't like the you don't like the new Namor Namor. See Namor, I don't know like the canon of him to like really be he's upset like a, about. He's it. like oh, he looks in the comics. He looks like white or Asian. Like I, I don't care if there's a race uh, a race swap if they look like them. Okay. Like if if they look fucking like identical. Like if you're a white person and you happen to be played by by a Hispanic, but you look fucking white. Okay, whatever, cool. I used to be in your camp where I used to say, like, oh, it doesn't fucking matter if they swap the race, whatever. Uh, I just don't like it anymore. Uh, it doesn't really change or alter, like, like if if Wesker was black in Resident Evil 5, like, would, would the outcome have been different? Not really. Okay, okay, we'll get into this a little bit more. Uh, right. So, when I was on your camp, um, when Ghost in a Shell came out, it was... Oh. Uh, it yeah. was... Uh, what's her name? Scarlett uh, Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. And uh, she's Caucasian, right? And she's not... Yeah. And she's not Asian. Except that in Blade Runner, she... she You can't really tell what her race is. So she's she like looks ambiguous. white. She can look Hispanic. She Blade can look Runner? Asian. Blade Runner? Ghost in Ghost in a Shell. Oh, okay. So I was like, yeah, she's close enough. Does know? she have like, like an Asian name, though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then my my argument for it was like, because I was discussing this with another friend, and my argument was, hey, look, we don't have too many anime films coming out, so if we got a big celebrity like Scarlett Johansson coming out with this film and making like a large fucking profit, the studios might be like, you know what, let's focus a little bit more that on name, these that name power. Uh, let's focus a little bit more on these. On these anime stories, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I want more Blade Runner, more, more Ghost in the Show. I want fucking... Uh, fuck, what the fuck is it called? Uh, fuck, I forgot the fucking name. Whatever, let's focus on these anime stories. Right. So I was like, whatever. If, if Scarlet isn't the same race, but she looks close enough, I'm willing to take take to the hit, whatever you want to call it, but so now, we can get more of that. But now, So now, I don't fucking like it because it feels just so forced it feels like let's just have it for the sake of getting this actor and then putting a spotlight on them and trying to lift them up like i don't fucking care because it's hollywood like there is well do you care or do you not like it things those are two different positions wait say it again i said do you not care or do you not like it because those are caring like being indifferent is different than saying i don't like it right I don't care it would be neutral. Yeah, I sort of lost my train of thought. But I don't oh. care in a sense that... Fuck. <laughs> okay, so I don't care. Fuck, you lost my train of thought. It's, it's fine. Okay. I I just like seeing fucking canon as close to canon as possible. Aesthetically, 
the race and everything. Like I said, I don't care about the race if they look like him. But like fucking Wesker, like to- they look totally fucking different. Even if you put on the he, fucking costume he and looks, everything, it he doesn't looks look like right. bl- like Wesley Snipes' blade in the flashbacks. Sunglasses, coat like they like the oh, nice crop hair, I, I know leather jacket. I, I know where I was going with this. Okay, uh, so I t- I told you like he's gonna be a fucking clone. Like it makes no fucking sense that he's black in this, and Wesker is obviously white, so he must be a clone. That's when I, I told you. I told you. I don't know, like two weeks. But ago. then they show in the flashbacks the original Wesker is also black. Oh, in this weird. universe no because he does the, all the resume like the you know how he does like that teleporting smoke thing where he like zooms in like the yeah he zooms in to like do cqc crap and all that like yeah. that's still he's still like out lance reddick the actor he's still that same guy as og wesker with the glasses and like the glowing and like the all leather suit and outfit yeah so so this is kind of where the argument falls apart i think with you is because we've had this conversation before and it seems like you're not okay race swapping when it comes to like a black person. Like if we make a uh, Black Panther white, it's like why? Why the fuck should okay, we that, do that? That would be different because that whole identity of that character being from the African nation of Wakanda and all that stuff is intrinsically tied to the culture of who that character is. It's just is. skin color. Why does it matter? I just he told still, you why. Well, he could still be African. He would be like the one white guy in all of Wakanda. He could be like Elon Musk. He's African. South African, which has a heavy white presence in it because of its history with Great Britain. Okay, can we make Spawn Asian? Yeah. Why? I don't think Spawn's race has anything to do with the powers or the character or the history of the character. But it's just not canon to me. I'm like it isn't, so strict about but it has canon. like nothing to do with like, I don't think like Violator's like, oh, like I hate Spawn because he's this race. And now like, oh, we changed his race. So Violator... Doesn't care now. I don't think that's a good argument. Okay, well, that's I just what I'm don't saying. want. I just don't, don't want to make fucking spawn a, anything other than what he was already fucking black. Like, I, I don't. I don't want to change. The thing with spawn is that he's almost always in the spawn. Okay, this outfit. is this is something we also noticed. Like, if we race swap, it seems like we can't race swap anything that is black because they are connected to their race. Like their origin story seems to always be connected to the race. No. I think that's. I think that you're right. I think that's a problem with the way they were originally written, though. I, I don't know if that's like because of a tokenized. Like, no, issue. you're right. You're right. You're right. right? You're absolutely right. But like that, Miles Morales. Why can't we change his race? Well, there is other spiders. There is connected. There are Spider-Mans who are not like black, right? There's yeah, the, but Miles is his story. Like you can't make him Asian. I think you could because there's no implications of uh, there's. Okay, and then we get to dangerous territory. We start associating culture with a specific race only because, like, just do it. Like, I, I don't fucking like censor yourself. No, but I'm saying I'm not saying I'm I'm I would be. I'm saying then we start to kind of like deconstruct this. Where, I, I okay, I don't know enough about Miles Morales outside of the PlayStation game and into uh-huh. the Spider Verse. That's my only touchstones for who Miles Morales is. Right? He has a Puerto Rican mom yes. and a black dad. Uh-huh. Right. I don't know how much of that has anything to do with, like, say, the villains or the storyline. I don't know how. Now, I think in the game, that would be a separate issue because I think his, um, like, I, part of the story is his mom's running for mayor or something, right? And she uses a lot of, like, uh, she like inspires, like, that Puerto Rican pride in her community. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And Miles obviously being her son, like, that's when, like, that stuff, like, the graffiti in Harlem and all that stuff, like, uh, the bodegas, like, those are all, like, kind of more, like, cultural related. So Miles is adopted. Same mother, same father. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. I guess you could do that. Yeah, you could do that. I still don't like it. I'm, I'm <laughs> still, yeah. it still doesn't sit right with me. I get it. I get it. I get it. I think, I, I, in your case, I don't, I think more people, no, 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 I'm sorry. Let me reframe. Okay. I think usually when the argument is made for keeping characters the way they are, uh, and when it's, that character happens to be white, some people take it as a, like, not a microaggression, they kind of take it as, like, 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 it's so, it's been this way, it's always been that way, and that's why it should stay that way, right? It's like the, some people see it as uh, That's a, a standard argument, yeah. Yeah, some people say it as, like, oh, like, it's just someone who doesn't want to, like, who's, like, they're, what do call it, like, that white fragility thing or whatever, like, people I are, think that shit's done. No, no, I'm trying to say, like, there's some people who, like, they will use that as an argument against a legitimate grievance, like, in your case. Where some people will be like, oh, like, you're just because they're white and like, you don't want to change it because you, you feel threatened. But you're not even white, John. You're not even white, so it's not that. I think in other cases, in the case you're making where you're trying to be to come at it from good faith is, like, these characters historically have been this way, whether they're white, whether they're black, whether they're Asian or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, changing them in any sense is sort of a projection of the per- of the creator's uh, viewpoints onto an established legacy media or project right well the way that they would go about it is say something like oh we need representation but at the same time it's annoying where like they race swap and it's like wait why don't you just make a cool character you know if you want to make if you want representation in that sense why don't you just make a dope ass character like okay i'm gonna bring this up because it's relevant with the with the characteristics that you want yeah it's kind of like the conversation that people are having right now there's a lot of I don't know controversy. There's a lot of discourse about the Captain America right now, mm-hmm. right? Where like people, like I've literally seen people say like, "Oh, that's not my Captain America," as if like this was like the U.S. president thing, where like, "Oh, Sam Wilson is not my Captain America." And like, so I saw someone who like quoted that tweet, and then they literally put it next to a cap comic panel of like a like someone with like the 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 Confederate flag from the comics saying like, "That's not my Captain America." It's like, dang, like they're like very blatant about how. Like, they're not even, like, hiding it, like, how, how, like, they feel about that. But then there's some people who are saying, like, like, yeah, like, we should, like, I don't want, like, there's people from that community, from the black community who say, like, yeah, we shouldn't adopt, adopt characters. We should just create our own thing and just make that our uniquely own thing, not something that's, like, loaned to us or, like, handed down. Like, it should be, you know what I mean? Because, like, there's, like, with Chris Evans, when he put out, like, no, like, no, Sam Wilson, like, uh, Anthony Mackie is Captain America now. Mm-hmm. kind of like shutting down that argument where some people are like no like that's that's the falcon and like you know what i'm saying like that's still the falcon and it's like no like he's a do- he's now the new captain America. he has that mantle now mm-hmm. but there's like people who are still like upset about that and it's funny too because they say like the next the next movie new world order is gonna address how he's still like his legacy he's still adjusting to basically um accepting himself as an as the next captain america like he still has like that identity issue and it's funny how that's playing out in the real world where people are saying like that's like steve rogers will always but be that is canon isn't it yeah it is yeah that's why like doesn't even fucking bother me no but i'm saying like it's funny how like life imitates art in that sense where yeah, there's people yeah. who are upset 
not from a genuine point of view other than just like a racially charged point of view, right? But you're not coming at it that way because you're like an equal opportunist, like upset for yeah. characters changing yeah, regardless. I don't want my black characters or my Asian characters swapped out, right? For fucking for white or Asian or black or whatever. Like I just want the original thing. I think I thought it was just funny we stumbled onto this that why are so many characters like at least in the black community like attached to their race like why are their powers attached to that it's just it's just a little there's, odd. A, there's a funny line about that in uh falcon and winter soldier uh-huh. where like like he goes to the to a neighborhood with like a predominantly black neighborhood and they're like oh look it's black falcon and mm-hmm. he's like he's like why do i gotta be black falcon he's like no i'm falcon like, yeah like yeah. I, i'm just falcon like they're like he's like what am i call you like uh he tells he calls a kid something um He's like, oh, I forgot what the, oh, I can't remember the line, but he makes fun of the kid basically for his appearance also, or like, yeah, like nobody says, oh, it's white Superman, exactly, it's just fucking Superman, right? like, oh, it's Black Falcon, he's like, no, like it's just Falcon, he's like, he's like, why do I have to like be black anything, like it's just Falcon, he's like, I don't call you, I forgot what he says, but he like comments on the kid's like appearance, and like I don't call you like black kid or something mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, but like they poke fun at that. Yeah, that was a great way to to address that. They poke, they kind of poke fun at that whole concept of like. Um, but yeah, you do get me. I'm like being equal opportunist. I'm not just like, don't take my white characters. It's just like, I don't want anybody switched out. I get and, it. And yeah, this this whole thing with Wesker thing, it like makes no fucking sense to me. It is. It's weird. Uh, but the same, like I said, it doesn't really impact the in canon story. Like, I mean, Wesker's still evil regardless of skin race or, you know, so he's still like the same character essentially but, but it, it, it was just jar- it was just jarring because like for a second i'm like is that blade i'm like oh no no that's og wesker like but, but- see why why would it even raise why should it raise questions like it automatically does i think they just like i first of all for two things one i didn't realize that this guy is the same guy as silas from horizon did you know that yeah i didn't know that i was like why does he sound like oh, oh shoot that's silas i'm like why does he sound familiar i heard it i heard it as wesker he does a great job yes I he's hear that. phenomenal as like what he's Honestly, the best part of the show. He is the best part of the show. Too, Everybody yeah. else, like, their acting is, like, nothing. He, he's, like, the... Like, they're all doing, like, a community stage play. And, like, mm-hmm. he came, he just flew in from, like, the Cannes Film Festival. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like his demeanor, the way he comes across. Like, he, he projects strength, but, like, calmly mm-hmm. and intimidating, like, how Wesker should. And I think that's probably why they maybe cast him as Wesker, because... Even though he doesn't look exactly like Wesker, he is Wesker in every other sense of like when he wants to project power or is serious, like like everybody listens. When he he speaks in a low voice, like you listen if you're in the same room as him. Like he has that gravitas, like that impactful like mm-hmm. performance. And then everybody else around him is just like I guess they're just here. Like, they have to like work with that and like like shoot, like I'm not even gonna try. Like, you know what I mean? Like like he's he's a hard, like, you know, hard act to follow. Mm-hmm. so he is lance reddick i think is, is the character is actor's name but he is like the best part of the show back to my original like grievance with the game with the show with the yeah, i was gonna say the game but with the show is it plays very fast and loose with the rules of resident evil mm-hmm. like for some reason like they don't call them zombies they call them zeros which is like why i don't know just call them zombies they're zombies and like how it's just it's it's weird because the show doesn't really explain like why Umbrella's back. Like they were disbanded, and like, they kind of like gloss over it a little bit, like saying like, "Oh, like one of the characters like, oh, I brought this company back from like the extinction or whatever," because like the main head of Umbrella now is like a descendant of one of the original uh, 
founders. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not Spencer, not a not a Birkin, but the other, the third one, Marcus, James Marcus, who's like the one from Resident Evil Zero, the le- leech guy. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, the show's kind of all over the place. It's like really sometimes it's like exciting, but sometimes it's just really boring. It's just it feels like a slog. Like towards the end of the show, I'm like. I'm only finishing at this point because I've already finished. I'm so invested. I might as well just see it to the end, but I don't know. I don't think you can do Resident Evil. I, all these adaptations of Mila Jovovich, the Welcome to Raccoon City, like all these adaptations of Resident Evil, and like none of them really get it. The closest one is the Welcome to Raccoon City movie that came out like last year. Yeah. For me, that was like the most authentic take on Resident Evil. And you can tell that was like a passion project because like. Everybody involved with that, like, they love Resident Evil. That might have just been, like, a budget issue, no? Yes. Very, very low budget. But, like, all the nods and references were, like, mm, like, yes, that was good. Like, that was perfect. Like, uh, they, there's, like, they do, like, the cheesy, like, nods here. Or, like, when the characters call themselves, like, oh, I'm the master of unlocking. It's, like, uh, I can get it. Yeah, it's a chill reference. But, like, it's, like, it feels so forced. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It doesn't come, like, organically. It's, like, you went out of your way to, like, that dialogue, you went out of your way to say it that way to fit. And it's, like, uh, like okay, whatever. There's, um, there's a few, like, item references. Like, they, like, they do play the Midnight Sonata, the doom, 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 doom. Like, oh, okay. Like, I, I hear that. Like, I hear that song. And, like, like, okay, that was a good, that was a good implementation of that. But then there's, like, oh, like here's this key card or oh we need the dog because there's a key on the dog's collar and that's like a little too on the nose to the games because that is an actual plot point that's actual like game device from like the first re Mm -hmm. where like you have to blow the dog whistle for the dog to show up and then you kill the dog and you take the they do almost the same thing without the killing part but they blow the dog whistle so that the dog comes and they get the key from the dog and i'm like oh okay 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 I, i get what you're doing here it's cute but it's like it's too forced yeah you know what i mean so i i think I think Resident Evil, despite how many people try, I think it's not something you can adapt properly because Res- what makes Resident Evil Resident Evil is, of course, the monsters, but like the puzzles, the 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 item inventory management, like all the things that Resident Evil is known for, they don't translate well to screen to film. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So I don't know. I I'll, I'll be it would be hard for me to say I enjoyed it when I didn't, but. I, an attempt was made, Johnny. An attempt was made, and it is what it is. Obviously, there's gonna be another season. The way it ends, yeah. But... He, he keeps talking about. I want to add a uh, lady Dimitrescu and all that stuff. Lady Dimitrescu, like, stay away from that shit. That would be hard because again, that already happened within the universe of the game of the show. So, unless they do flashbacks, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to. They're gonna try to connect the girls with the village. Well, if you remember, if you remember from Village. Um, the lady, the scientist, the the main main villain from Eight from Village, does know uh, Spencer. She's met Oswald Spencer, so she knows about Umbrella. Mm-hmm. So unless they do, they could do flashbacks and show a younger lady Lady D. But um, that's the only way I could see that happening. I don't want them to do any more clones just for the sake of like cam shooing characters from past games in there. So, Johnny. You're gonna talk about uh, Strange, right? Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, I just saw it. Well, uh, Stranger Things, actually. Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't realize there was only two episodes. That's what it seems like it is. Okay. So I just saw the one right prior before the last one. Got one more episode to go, and then you got you got uh, running up that hill stuck in your head. 
No, definitely Running not. Running on that hill. And then I'll be set for uh, season five. You right? know what song I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I finally saw Doctor Strange. Uh, I haven't seen fucking Spider-Man. Which is funny because we talked about it the last time we recorded with Joe. And we like spoiled the movie in front of you. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Well, kind of, sort of. A little bit. Because we were on the... Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I haven't, I haven't seen fucking Spider-Man. I haven't seen uh, Love and Thunder. I just haven't been all that enthousi- enthusiastic about the MCU lately. But I saw Strange because it was on Disney+. Plus. So I just have like a couple questions to see what you think. Go ahead. All right. They killed my douche of fucking Gorath. Like, in the beginning of the fucking film. They just poked his eye out. This motherfucker's, like, super OP, and now he's just dead. Alright? That bothered me. Um, let me see. Oh, stupid-ass, uh... Uh, what is it called? Device? Plot device? Wong? Uh, no, uh, what the fuck is the term? Oh, the sling ring? No, not the sling ring. Not the sling Whatever. ring? Whatever. Uh, stupid plot device. Just how they, how they happen to teleport it into the universe. The Book of Ashanti? No, no, no. Oh, the memory MacGuffin, pad. The MacGuffin. The memory pad thing. Yeah, like, they just happen to land in the universe. That happens to land in the city. That happens to land the expo- right next the to the exposition universe. And they step <laughs> in that fucking button. And it gives them the exact memory that they need to continue the story, which is, like, the B. Oh. And scared. And that's how she manifests her powers when she's scared. Yeah. All right. So, guys, end of the pod. We're talking about fucking spoilers here, right? For a movie that came out like three months ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was annoying. The exposition there was super cheap, super lazy. Um, let me see. Oh, the B creates the first trauma. I feel like that could have been a little more intricate of how she realized she had powers. Now, right? Johnny, being around bees a lot outside of my garden, I don't blame her for that. Bees can be scary. I'll tell you that. They can be scary. Actually, to be honest, the first time I got stung by a bee, I thought I was going to die. There you go. So you understand how traumatizing that could be for a young... I think in the flashback, she's like, what, seven? Like something like seven or six years old or something? She looks like young. Oh, seven. I was like three. No, in the movie, I'm saying. she Like when she triggered that thing, she was like younger than what she was in the actual... Seven? She doesn't know about bees by that time? I'm saying like she, a kid has no control over like things that scare them, right? So Okay. It was a bee from a different universe. Okay. There you go. Maybe the, maybe in that universe, bees are like wait, like like they're like a black widow. Like one sting is all it takes. Yeah, some shit like that. It was a killer bee. There you go. All right. For the sake of you know suspension of disbelief. Uh, America Chavez, I think she's pretty dope. Like uh, she's cool. I just wish they gave her more stuff to do. The actress is dope. Though her performance is cool. The, her aesthetic Z- is Z- dope. Zochit Gomez. Zochit Gomez. Yeah. So that's all dope. All right. Then we get to Illuminati. That shit was terrible. Like all the way through, it was. Awful. You didn't like all like the appearance. No, no, I didn't. Um, I think they could have cut all that and then just give some of that exposition like a little bit in the background without having to show them. Black Bolt sucks. The way he dies sucks. Uh, I thought his death was the most creative. Actually, he basically implodes. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, but like he realizes he has a have a mouth, mm-hmm. and then he decides to fucking yell. I like he's that was always like, quiet except for that fucking moment. I thought I thought maybe he. I was thinking the same thing as probably what he was thinking. Where like, hey, if I shout, me, I can just rip a new hole in there, rip a new mouth open. Like I don't know how tightly closed this is. Maybe it's a very thin membrane. Maybe I can just shout through it and just deal with the pain, but I can get my voice out again. That's my. That's what I was thinking. See, you know what's stupid too is that what's his name? Um, 
uh, Slinky dude. Uh, Reed Richards. Reed Richards tells her exactly how he can kill her. So she knows, like, oh, I'll just fucking shut his fucking mouth up. Like, like why would no, you she tell said, him she says the power that he has? She says, what mouth? Yeah, like, why, Reed, why would you tell her? Because it's meant to be a flex. How the fuck? It's like flexing on her. Like, hey, like, we can just not, not kill you right now. Like, saying, like, back off. But Reed being, like, the smartest fucking person. Because they're not trying to outright kill her. All right, fine. Uh, and then Miss Marvel or whatever. Captain Marvel. Is. She's the Captain Marvel of that universe. Captain Marvel just dies with a fucking stone falling on her ass. And okay, she's the, dead. not just a stone. We're talking about, like, a 40-foot column of marble. She flew through Thanos' ship. Different Captain Marvel. And also, she wasn't, like, powered on or engaged or whatever. We've talked about this before. All right, and then Carter, she just got sliced up. That was that makes appropriate, sense. yeah. She's so. just a superhero, she's not that strong. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, uh, next section is... And then, you know, Charles gets, you know, reverse mind screwed. Yeah. Uh, Do you have more gripes? No, yeah, I'm like halfway through. <laughs> uh, falling off a top building, I don't know what that is, whatever. Uh, so Doctor Strange, Demon Doctor Strange, whatever that is, pretty awesome. It's basically Defender Strange, but like possessed. It, it was pretty cool. Like so cool. The demon cape. He has a cape made out of the souls of the dead. That is metal as hell, right there. So cool. Yeah, he starts grabbing them. Putting I them like together. how at first they like they're like against him, and then like he like exerts control like over them, like. And then it's like okay, we work for you now. Yeah, like like like, like I forgot what he does exactly. Cause it's been I haven't seen it since like it first came out, but like basically they're like swarming like attacking him like they're like circling around him and then he's like no like mm-hmm. you serve me and it's like oh shit like okay yeah uh so the thing i don't like about what 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 the hell do you call him demon strange i don't i don't know i just, call I him just don't like strange. him zombie strange I, I didn't like him talking like expressing his mouth look very cheesy yeah his mouth was like it was doing like some kind of like two-faced thing kind of with like the flesh explode exposed but it just it looks really bad yeah, it looks like they should have just not done that with his mouth Beetlejuice or something yeah like, the makeup looks okay but once he, he's talking like it just doesn't hold up because it doesn't move the way it should if he of. if he was like screaming or something all right cool but like he's he's talking to america chavez like on the on the fucking table and yeah. he's like trying to motivate her i'm like believe in yourself this looks stupid with all the makeup trying to motivate her at the same time yeah just doesn't look great i just like how Wong comes up sees him he's like i don't even want to know yeah that's a reasonable <laughs> like reasonable thing like i'm say. not gonna question this like like let's just, just move make pa- it happen yeah let's move past this <laughs> uh, yeah uh uh moments that were supposed to be badass were very cheesy but okay uh oh what i did like I really liked when America Chavez opened up that portal and she's being choked and the kids find, like see her. Oh, that yeah. Was that was smart. great. That, that was, was super smart. Yeah. Like, this is what you're like looking for. Like, I mean, like they see her like in that moment, like yeah. being like evil. Yeah. So I guess, I guess from that question we get, why didn't Wanda just ask America like, Hey, can you open up a portal so I could get to my kids? I think they, you know what, since the since I last said, like, oh, yeah, you have a point. I do remember they do address that in the movie where she's like, where Doctor Strange, I think, ask her, like, like, why don't you just have her take you to that universe? And you just, it's like, 
Like, why do you have to have her powers, like, specifically, like, make them yours? And she's like, oh, like, what if my kids get sick or whatever and they need a cure that's, like, in a different, like, un- like universe? Or, like, I think she's, like, like thinking, like... I heard that. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, oh, like, what if something happens and I need those powers to go to, like, another reality for, like, a cure or for, like, a safer environment or something like that, essentially. But I'm like, that's just extra selfish. Like, we don't even know if they're going to get sick. We don't even know, like, all these hypotheticals are going to happen. I, that's my reaction to it. Yeah, yeah. It was. Stupid. I saw a funny tweet where someone was like, "Like Wanda literally created these characters and is, uh, is trying to kill people over like things that she made." Like someone made it about like how uh, it's like if someone she's like, "Oh, she's like she literally played The Sims and now is like fighting people <laughs> over the characters she created in the game." Basically, <laughs> yeah, but that that makes sense though. It actually makes sense because Strange is telling her like, "Hey, your fucking kids don't even exist. Like, what's wrong with you? You need yeah. to fucking quit." But Wanda is under the influence of the Darkhold. That's yeah, why it corrupts it makes complete her. sense. Yeah, it corrupts her and makes her like desires like more like twisted and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so I, I don't know what to grade this thing, this film. Like it's fun. There's just so many I like how, lazy writing, it's it's hard for me to judge it. I like the visuals. I like a lot of like the like when they're drinking that drink with um with Mor- uh, Mordo and like you're seeing like the like the guitar riffs and like the like the weird like special effects where they see wanda and like it's like playing that, that like rock music over it like that overlay it was cool just uh, a few little moments about that just didn't land but i like the concept. the musical battle between strange and the other strange with like the notes and stuff i like the last note that yeah. <laughs> like it's like a yeah it's, it's like, on a harp right he hits like, a little, a little chord flick. and like, it, like, like this is all i got and then it has like that big explo- like, yes. cascading of it. That was that was cool. It reminded me of like Fantasia, kind of like the like the, oh yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like like the the rising of the music and stuff. And then yeah. like, have you seen like that interesting fan theory about how even though he's Doctor Strange, he's a different type of doctor in each in each universe. He's a medical doctor, like where he's from. But this is like a he's a, this is a doctor of music because he has like all these instruments, musical instruments around the house. Uh, it was still the same strange though. Just no, but his per- his type of profession is different. But you're saying that evil one was that he was like he was the, he was Doctor Strange in that, of that world, but like there he wasn't a medical doctor. He was like a doctor of like music theory or something like that. How like all the like the different versions of Doctor Strange are like they all they all specialize in a different field. So then, what was the other strange? I forgot. Someone told me the uh, the same theory said that the one that like died with the ponytail was like a like a doctor of like philosophy or something like that. Because I think like he has like a hippie ponytail kind of, and then like his magic, you like his magic is a different color than regular star, like it's bluish or something like that. And where the music, the music Doctor Strange has like a purple hue to his like powers. I mean, it kind of works, but kind of the premise. Of, of Strange's origin story is that he gets into that crash and he can't use his hands. Well, as a musician, what are you without your hands? That's kind of hard, too. Yeah, but what about the other... Oh, I don't know. I don't know how that applies in that case. But I thought it was kind of, kind of interesting. I like it. It's, a, it's cool. Like, yeah. It's a different... It's a Doctor Strange, but there's more than one type of Doctor, right? So, so what did you uh, grade it? Uh, I enjoyed it. I gave it like a 7.5 or like an 8. I, 7.5 is fair to me. There's like, yeah, I have gripes like I, you do. I'm not too hung up on the Shumagora thing. I'm like, whatever about that. Cause it's not really Shumagora really. It's like, no, it's, it's a demon that she manifested in that universe or that world or whatever. Even, even, uh, Rob from comic comics explained said it's Shumagora. It's supposed to be right. It's Shumagora. But they don't call it that cause of rights reasons. Like, like whatever. But 
I don't know. I thought it was like whatever. I, I yeah. I mean, it's cool if you're like into Marvel vs. Capcom. Like that's like the main his main claim to fame outside of the comics. But um, how does this compare to Spider Man? Oh, Spider Man's better. All right. No way home is much better. Okay. So. Let's let's put a bow on this podcast and wrap it up. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I, yeah, actually, I'm going to leave really soon, so I'm just going to end it right here, actually. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks. If you have made it this far, thanks for listening. We always appreciate your listenership. Um, I know we kind of went off a, little, went off a little off the rails at the end, but we've been doing that more lately. We're kind of we're kind of loosey-goosey towards the end. Um, if you have any comments, suggestions, questions, if you want to disagree with Johnny on uh, Multiverse of Madness, you are more than welcome to do so. Uh, you want to recommend him something, uh, anime or otherwise, or you just have thoughts that you think are worth Johnny's uh, attention span. Well, you know where to reach us at DuoSensePodcast at Yahoo.com. Again, that's DuoSensePodcast, one word, at Yahoo.com. Um, I think that's going to be it for us this week, Johnny. I think we're done here. Any last thoughts? Any last bits of Johnny wisdom before we head out? No, let's wrap this one up. All right. Thank you, guys for making it this far and we will uh, be back next week. So see you.